control Shoveling dirt in every hole Predators to condemn your soul Watching you and watching me We're all connected but separated Misunderstood and so frustrated A million armies of one have invaded Watching you and watching me
The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. Atop the mountains of British Columbia, to you listening around the world, this is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. You can follow us on our website. SpacedOutRadio.com on iTunes and TuneIn. Follow Dave on Twitter at SpacedOutRadio.com on Facebook at SpacedOutRadioShow or on our YouTube channel SpacedOutRadioShow. Playing with Bigfoot and aliens again. The password is. Okay, seriously, what's with the points? Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Kevin, take your seat on my left. It's time for takeoff. Good evening and welcome to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, 
And it's wonderful to have you along for the ride wherever you are in this fantastic and lovely planet we like to call Earth. We are live right here, right now, in the Great White North on this Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. If you're on the East Coast, we welcome in everyone listening in at a packed house already in the Spaced Out Radio chat room at spacedoutradio.com on Spreaker. On Revolution Radio, on the United Public Radio Network, Renegade Talk Radio, and the High Plains Talk Radio Network. We do this thing every night of the week. Rocking in and out of every show, thanks to our resident guitar god, Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy. Yes, Bumblefoot is the official sound of Spaced Out Radio. If you want to follow us on social media... Follow me on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, you can follow me at Dave Scott, S-O-R. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And, of course, our website is spacedoutradio.com. Now, we don't take callers on this show, but you can participate. All you got to do is join into one of the chat rooms, either on Revolution Radio, on Spreaker, on the UPRN chat room, or on Facebook at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Or if you're on Twitter, what you want to do there is use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I will get to your questions and comments in there as well. You're right in front of me, so I am seeing it. Nobody else, just me. So get those messages going. If you want to join up on the SOR Space Travelers Club on our website, it's five bucks a month. We're giving you some swag. We're giving you a private section for posting on the website and so much more. Hey, we're going to give you a hell of a lot more than just access to our archives. While on our website, read up on our latest blog. Check out Eric Markham's SOR Spacewire for your latest and weird news. And if you've had a sighting that you just can't explain, fill out an SOR Sightlines Report. Researcher Mike Smith wants to investigate it for you. We welcome in everyone listening in right now. On Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. We are also live in New Orleans on 107.7 FM on the United Public Radio Network. They also spread out to over 160 countries around the world. And we are live in Las Vegas on Renegade Talk Radio. Good to have you tuning in in Sin City. One of our more popular guests is back on Spaced Out Radio for the first time in 2017. Samantha Mowat and the ET Experience returns. And if you haven't heard Samantha speak about extraterrestrial contact, well, you're in for a real treat. Samantha, as I've said many times before, to me, is the best kept secret in ufology. However, for how much longer, I have no idea because... She is rising in the field of popularity very, very quickly. She's someone who has had literal ET contact since infancy. Samantha is someone who's experienced the good and the bad when it comes to contact, from little gray dudes following around to scary reptilians. Samantha, for her petite stature, has battled her way through abduction, implantation, false pregnancy, face-to-face contact, and so much more. Hey, If you trust my word as a host, I can tell you this firsthand. Samantha is the real deal. In fact, I had my first alien contact experience with her back in 2014, the first day I met her. I didn't even know Sam for more than 40 minutes before our incident happened. Check out her website, samanthamowat.ca. Mowat, spelt M-O-W-A-T. Samantha, welcome back to Space Out Radio. How are you? 
Hi, Dave. I'm sorry. Were you unable to hear me? Hi. Hello? Dave, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Oh, yay. I can Hi, hear everyone. you. <laughs> there we go. Hey, the te- we get the technical issues out right away. It's been really fun technology-wise this year. It's been quite interesting how many technical glitches I've had. Oh, I'm yes. I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm happy to see you. How are you? I am good. And, you know, I, w- I don't want to start off on a down note, but you went through a troubling time last month, and I just want to tell you, I, I did mention it to our listeners what you were going through with the the passing of your father. And on behalf of all of Spaced Out Radio's listeners out there, we just want to give you a heartfelt, you know, send you some heartfelt love and and hope that everything's going well for you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Because one thing I've noticed, when a loved one passes, it seems like my mediumship abilities really increase. Thus, the number of dead people who have crossed over that are contacting me seems to increase. And therefore, extraterrestrials, angelic beings, spirit guides, those all tend to go downhill when it comes to the amount of contact I have from them. Because the amount of dead people coming in to communicate seems to really amplify. It's quite an interesting dynamic. Well, you know what? We're glad you're doing great and that, you know, we you know, we, we were sad to miss you last month. In fact, I got absolutely hammered by people. Where's Samantha? Why isn't Samantha on with her monthly show? So I had to politely and discreetly tell people, look, she's going through a little bit of a tough time right now, but she'll be back on February 14th, Valentine's Day, which is today. So I hope uh, that you got a lot of love today. I did. Luckily, my heart chakra is opening up, back up because of a dear friend of yours and mine, Pascal. He's helping me to really reopen my heart chakra back up and be able to connect more into the angelic realm and the extraterrestrial realm. It's quite beautiful. I'm very grateful. If you can't have a little Pascal in your life, what can you have? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I totally do. So how wonderful is that? One of these days, I want to get Pascal on, and he's way too shy to come on the radio, but he has such an amazing story with how he helps people you know, open up and find their gifts and find what they are truly seeking. I've sent so many people over to Pascal, and he never, ever says no. He just, it's his calling, it's his zen. And one of these days, I really hope that he decides that it's time to come on the radio because he has an amazing story, you know, to be able to share with people on how you open up. But I think he's just a little too shy for the big man that he is. Well, I agree completely. Some people are just more comfortable working from behind the scenes, and that's okay. Whatever works for them, no judgment. I'm glad for what they can do to contribute. Absolutely. So how's your 2017 been so far? Besides, It's been pretty amazing. I'm very grateful for everything that's going on. My ET contact has shifted from what it was last year, which is kind of nice. It's been more angelically focused, so I've had a lot more positive contact going on, less of the heavy stuff they had in 2016, which I'm very grateful for. And everything seems to be really shifting over to more of a positive dynamic. Right on. Right when you explain the shift that you see happening, how does mm-hmm. that work? Because for a lot of us out there, Samantha, we don't understand the shift, let alone what it is. 
Oh, okay. So what I mean is in the year 2016, I had a lot of very dense energetic contact. And what I mean by that is a lot of greys coming in, a lot of reptilians, beings that are on a similar energetic vibration to humanity in the sense that they're coming from a dense vibration, more of a heaviness, quite a very personal agenda what's going to benefit me what is going to make my life easier that is how a lot of these beings operate whereas now in pardon me 2017 it seems as though many things are going a lot lighter they're looking at more of a how is this going to affect the whole how is this going to affect the group dynamic how is this going to affect humanity or their being their group evolution wise things of that nature i'm quite excited to see some of these new beings that are coming in because the beings that i have been in contact with seem to be more enlightened more of a lighter vibration now when i say vibration i mean when you think about the people that you're in contact with think about someone who's very light very friendly someone who's happy how they naturally feel quite pleasant to be around they feel more comfortable they don't feel like they're stressful to hang out near now, if you think about someone who you're uncomfortable near, whether it's a tension that's being emitted from them or just how uncomfortable they are, how angry they are, how stressed they are, that is all energy. Not only is that an emotion, but each emotion has a unique energetic signature. So if you think about tension or stress, it feels quite heavy, quite tense. It feels as though it's vibrating at an inconsistent rate. Now, that is a lot of the beings that I had contact with last year. Pardon me, my German shepherd is whining, so I'll let her outside. But whereas many of the beings that I've been in contact this year feel quite light and quite loving, they feel happy and joyous. So you can see and feel the difference between contacting one group versus another do you understand what I'm saying, Dave, or am I not explaining this well? No, no I think I th- I'm getting it, uh, you know, and I understand the difference in energy. And it's funny you mention that because I was having that conversation last night with our guest, Rachel Kirkland, when we were talking about how different beings, whether they're ghostly, spiritual, extraterrestrial, how the energy is so different compared mm-hmm. to, you know, I guess what being I'm saying, to being. Yeah, yeah, being to being is is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for bailing me out there. You know, but it's so different, and a lot of people who have had experiences, you know, mm-hmm. they don't understand. You know, if you've only had ghostly experiences, you may not understand that when an extraterrestrial comes around, it comes at a way different plane. It comes at a different level of what we are all feeling and trying to and trying to understand what is out there. It's just like it reminds me of the story I told you, and many of my audience members may remember this, earlier this year when I went to cut firewood with Mrs. SOR. Mm-hmm. And we picked up an energy on that road that was something that neither of us had ever felt before because it didn't feel spiritual. It didn't feel cryptid or, I mean, like Bigfoot because we have felt Bigfoot. We've been around enough ghosts. We've been mm-hmm. around enough extraterrestrials to know it wasn't extraterrestrial. And it was something that was just extremely odd. And when you start recognizing those factors on the different sorts of energy, you're able to pick up what's around you, can you not? 
of course, you realize the different energetic signatures that are being emitted by each type of being, whether it's um, meeting multiple greys or meeting multiple Pleiadians or meeting, meeting multiple ghosts, reptilians, whatever. Each different being emits a different unique energetic signature. And learning to differentiate the subtle differences between each being can help you determine who it is you're in contact with. Many of these beings, but I find quite interesting, do not necessarily have names as we do. They do not go by Dave or Samantha or whoever. They go by their unique energy, and that's how they perceive one another, how they know who they're talking about. When they're making reference to someone, they talk about or send the feeling of the energy of someone else they're discussing. And that's why when they say, um, when people try to contact them, they're like, hey, what is your name? They may not necessarily have a name because they just have a unique energetic resonance that may not have the same um, vocalized representation that our names have. So it's quite interesting, isn't it? How do we decide what type of energy we want around us, or can we decide? Well, one way you can determine what kind of energy you want to have around you is what feels light, what feels harmonious to you. If something feels good to you or it feels pleasant to be around, that is something that is naturally aligned or more vibrationally compatible with yourself. So if you are someone who feels more connected to ghosts and the spiritual realm and mediumship, then you're going to be drawn towards that area. You'll have an area um, such as that where it's more comfortable to you, whereas you may feel that extraterrestrials are heavy. But on the same hand, you could be someone who's more drawn to extraterrestrials and you may be more drawn towards Andromedans or Arcturians or any such group. That may feel light to you. If it feels like you have a heaviness in your stomach, a tension, a more of a sense of uncomfortable or fearfulness, that is a sign that your body and your energy in particular is not comfortable within that area, in which case trust what you receive. If you feel as though it's not something that's comfortable to you and it does not feel safe to you and it does not feel light to you, then do not perceive it because that is not something that is in resonance with you. Focus on the things that are having a vibrational resonance with you because those are the things that are more aligned with your energy. The things that are aligned with your energy, you will have a natural compatibility with and ability to communicate with. Versus the things that you are naturally non-harmonic to, you will not understand, you will not perceive accurately, and you will not have that ability to really understand or connect to. So to me, if it feels light, proceed forward. If it's heavy, then maybe step back and allow someone else to perceive or move forward in that area. Does that also work for people who have had strictly negative contact? Of course, if someone's having mostly negative contact, then they need to perceive it in two different ways. If they're having negative contact, then I'd like for them to think about this thing first. One, does this feel as though something that, not necessarily that they've asked for, but something that they feel as though they are not worthy, that they have the sense of soul contract towards? If you have a soul contract with a certain group, such as many people throughout the States, China and Russia have... Um, then they will have negative beings such as negative greys or negative reptilians coming forward. And I'm sorry to bring those up again because I know we have discussed them many times, but 
If you have a soul contract, you're willing to let these beings come forward and to allow for them to do experimentations on you and allow for them to take samples of you and to come into your home and come abduct your family, then yes, you could have soul contracts with them. Versus, let's say, the other option, which is where your soul naturally is operating at a very low density where your vibration is in harmonics with them, which is what we had discussed earlier where, um, do you remember how a couple of minutes ago I talked about when people have a very low density, how they could be in harmony with something that is an equivalent vibration? If you're operating at that very low state, so fear-based state, an anger-type state, a feeling of financial stress, health stress, terrified about being where the world state is at, the financial market, things of that nature, then you're operating from a very low energetic state. So your root chakra and your solar plexus, which is are, which are, pardon me, your two lowest chakras that you'd be operating out of. If you're operating from those, rather than raising your energy to your higher chakras, then you're going to be attracting more of those low, lower energetic beings, such as the negative greys, the negative reptilians, the negative ghosts, the negative different type entities, whether it's hauntings, the lower astral entities, things of that nature coming forward. If you can't move past those two chakras because your energy is stuck in such a fear-based state, Dave, then you're going to attract only those beings. You won't be able to connect to your angelic realm, to the lighter vibrational um, extraterrestrials and multidimensionals, or even the higher level spirit guides. So if people are able to get out of that fear-based state and move forward into a lighter vibration, they can connect into the higher entities. I have a question from Canadian Joe on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. He's asking, what exactly is a soul contract? Hi, Canadian Joe. So a soul contract can be done in a number of ways. Your soul contract does not necessarily have to be done in this lifetime. It can be done on what's known as the other side or in a previous incarnation. Now, when I say the other side, that means the life between lives. So for those of you who have explored the um, the aspect of what your soul is doing between incarnations, they will understand what I say when I say the life between lives. Um, we have a certain period of time, typically anywhere between 10 and 100 years, where we take time to review our life and plan our next, next incarnation. Pardon me for being kind of tripping over my tongue a bit tonight. I have had wheat in my diet, and that normally makes me trip over my tongue. Now, when I say soul contract in particular towards the life between lives and the past lives, I'm making reference to things such as in a previous incarnation, Canadian Joe, let's say you decided that you were in the Middle Ages and that's when you were living and you were someone who was connecting towards whether it's witchcraft or wanting to connect to a higher consciousness. And while you're at home in your hut, you decide you're going to light fires and make um let's say, try to do some sort of ceremony to connect to higher entities or different entities, you can easily make contracts with, I will, in this incarnation and in all future incarnations, dedicate my life towards this energy or this consciousness or this type of being. Now, typically people do this thinking they're connecting to the highest consciousness, be it God consciousness, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus, you name it. We think we're connecting to the highest vibration we can possibly connect to. 
And when this is happening, someone can make the, I will dedicate my life from here onward towards this consciousness. You may agree to be forever helpful towards that cause or helpful towards humanity or helpful towards whatever. Now, in doing so, you pledge not only that existence from, let's say, you were 35 at the time in that incarnation towards your death, but you would also be carrying that contract over and towards your next incarnation, whether that was 200 years from now, 500 years from then, or up until now. If you do not break contracts in all directions of time, then you are still aligned for those contracts on a soul level to be affecting you in this current incarnation. This is something that has affected me in this incarnation because I did not realize up until fairly recently that I was allowing for previous contracts to affect what it is I was doing and how it was I was moving about throughout my life. Is Canadian Joe curious about anything else in regards to soul contracts, Dave? Well, no, but Eric has a, or pardon me, Mark has a follow-up question at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Who then enforces or oversees the contract? Well, Mark, in a couple different ways, your higher self can. If you think about the fact that your soul in this incarnation is only a fragment of Of your higher self. See, we think about our soul as being 100%. Well, no, not necessarily because we don't take 100% of our entire soul essence into an incarnation. We could take 10% or 20% into each incarnation. We may be incarnating on multiple dimensions or multiple areas of time at any given period. So let's say, Mark, at this time, you've got a life going on in ancient Egypt, and you've got a life going on in another dimension, and you've got this life going on now. You can be incarnating at all those simultaneously, because from what the extraterrestrials and multidimensionals have explained to me, time is not necessarily the way in which we understand it. They say time that we perceive it is not accurate. They say time is all occurring simultaneously. And that our soul is able to fragment itself into multiple locations at any given time to experience multiple realities at any given moment. What they've said to me, and I hope I'm answering this accurately, is that I'm able to have a life now. And that I'm able to have a life as an extraterrestrial and still be guiding myself now, yet different components of myself guiding me throughout multiple incarnations at any given moment. That is how they've explained it to me and how they would like for you to better understand it. Does that make it more clear, Dave, or does that confuse it more? Well, you're, you're sounding perfectly tonight. You're on, you're on the, you're on the ball tonight. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm liking it. Eric is wondering what you mean by low density. Oh, okay. Um, Eric, think of it this way. Have you ever met someone who, let's say they're really high or they're really drunk or they feel like they're a very negative person, how when you're in their presence, they feel like they're very heavy. Like when you walk near them, you feel like everything's slower, like you're really tired, like you don't have a lot of energy to get things done. You no longer feel motivated. Like you feel as though it's hard to think, hard to feel like you're in that very negative perception. You start to feel angry. You feel sad. You feel frustrated. Like you're stuck in that moment. That is a negative energetic vibration. 
that is a negative energetic state versus when you're near someone who's operating from a very high vibration. You feel light, you feel happy, you feel like anything's possible. Like, yeah, sure, let's change this. We can do this together. We can make the difference. What do I need to do? How can I contribute? You feel as though you're given options and as though you're able to help alter the way in which things are perceived and the way things are done. Versus when someone's very negative, you feel as though you have such limited um, areas in which you can contribute. You feel as though you're very stuck and very agitated. It puts you in a negative and angry space, typically. And one more question from Hashtag Spaced Out Radio. This comes from Skeptic. He is asking, Samantha, can you please define harmonics? Hi, skeptic. If I were to define harmonics, I would describe it as more of an energetic state. So if you think about harmonics as in the um, lower numbers typically being like, let's say, 1 to 10, with 1 being your densest vibration, and as you move up the harmonic scale, each level, whether it's 2, 3, 4, as we proceed up the harmonic scale being an increase in vibration, let's say 1 being very, very dense, 2 not quite as dense, three a little bit lighter, four light, five is being peaceful, and keep going up to a more resonant, like um, more of a, not necessarily God consciousness, but more of a light and peaceful vibration, more of a flowing energy, more of a creative energy. That's how I would describe it. I would describe it as more of a um, playful, creative, happy energy, more of a anything is possible. Let's just see where this could go and allow for things to flow effortlessly and with ease and joy and glory. That's how I would describe it. Versus the states one through four being very heavy, very confined, very I'm not sure where it is I'm able to move because everything feels as though I'm stuck in a box, very confined energy. That's how I would describe harmonics. Pair of questions coming out of the SOR Space Travelers Club from Eric Cooper. However, we never know if it's Eric or his beard asking some questions because he's got a great beard. I always <laughs> like to point that out. Eric is asking, Samantha, have you had any recent encounters with ETs? Oh, yes, Eric. I've had about four or five in the last couple of weeks, which is quite nice. I've had a couple of really weird ones, Eric, if you don't mind me stating so. Um, typically this year I've had a couple of really odd graying well not necessarily grays but more the gray tans so more the andromedan type beings um one thing i've found around them is they've been very peaceful towards me but they're very adamant about who they're allowing for me to communicate versus not i found i was on the other side about mm, about a month ago i think it was january 14th 15th if i'm not mistaken and i had just gone through a very deep meditation group and when I was in this meditation group, it put me in a very high vibrational state. So I was able to connect to my guides easily. I was able to astral project very easily. I was able to remote view, connect into my psychic realm, which all of you are very, very capable of doing. It's just a matter of getting to that meditative state. And what I found quite interesting is when I went to bed that night, I, you know how when you go to sleep, Dave, how you close your eyes and how it feels like it's a while later before you start dreaming? Now, if you're like me and you close your eyes and you suddenly feel like your eyes are pried right open again, what is that? What is that noise? That's my heater. That's my oh, heater okay, we're here. good. It's cold hey. in here. Oh, no worries then. I get it. I just wanted to make sure. Anyway, um, 
So let's say you're like me, and the second you close your eyes, it feels like someone's prying them back open again. That's when you're astral projecting, when you see yourself being pulled out of your body and being pulled to another location very, very quickly. I suddenly found myself um, being pulled to another version of Earth, and it was nighttime. I was in a forest, and suddenly I found myself talking to another man. And while I'm talking, pardon, not another man, but talking to a man, because I talked to two men in that encounter, but I'm going to skip the first one. And when I'm talking to this man, um, I felt the urge to start walking deeper into the forest. And as I'm talking to him, I'm looking around, I'm seeing this makeshift kind of like encampment. There are sheets up in place of walls because he didn't have buildings around him. This was the best he could do to kind of secure off his area and make it so he felt like very comfortable, very at home in his surroundings. And as I'm walking away from him, I had said something very, very odd that kind of threw me off. I said that I was worried about um, just being, I, please forgive me for saying this, but um, we we're talking about sexual assault and about trauma-based mind pro- like programming, things along that line. And he said that he had been assaulted by these beings and that he understood my concern. And as I'm walking away from this man, I saw this really cute little puppy And this puppy is barking and being very, very cute. It caught my attention saying, come with me, come with me. And I know for those of you who aren't very big into animal communication, not paying attention to the cues that your animals are giving you, not only with their body language, but trying to pay attention to the telepathic or energetic messages that these beings are sending towards you, you might dismiss what they're saying. But this cute, um, scruffy little puppy was saying, come back towards this man with me because I'd walked 20 or 30 feet into the woods. And when I did this, Um, I said, okay, I'm going to listen to this dog. I'm going to walk back towards that man. And I sat down beside this man. And while I did so, I noticed that I could all of a sudden feel this very interesting ET energy coming forward. I felt five beings coming towards me. There was one and then two behind it and two walking behind that one again in almost like a triangular type pattern. And as these beings are walking forward, they felt like they're five gray tan. I couldn't quite figure out which ET beings walking straight towards me. I remember that with these sheets, there were about three rows of sheets, Dave, that were between this man and I and the outside of the forest. And all of a sudden, we started to see these sheets move. And then we saw these robes. And these beings were quite interesting because they had masks to disguise their identity which I haven't seen that very often. So when I see masks, I'm quite typically fearful or uncomfortable of the beings I'm near. And they looked at the man I was talking to and the being in the very front, the um, one at the front of the triangle, he lifted up his hand and I believe it was his left hand. And as he lifted his hand up, this arrow type thing came out of his hand and it sent some sort of, I, I don't know if it was like a, It looked like a porcupine quill or something that came out of his hand and hit the man in the chest because they didn't like the two of us talking. So I know you may think, okay, well, that's a really negative encounter, but no, not really, because these beings did not trust or like the man I was talking to. In their perception, he was misleading me with information, and they were not comfortable with what it is he was saying to me. 
And one thing I found interesting is these masks they wore were completely white. They look like geisha masks in a lot of ways in the sense that they had a very simple and plain feature upon their face. They did not have a lot of emotion. They had very clear lips that they were showing, very colorful, like um, a bright pinky reddy color. And through the slits, I could see the dark um, ET eyes. But even though their masks were covering their face, I could still see the head of the extraterrestrial. I could still see their neck. I could still see their upper chest, even though the robes did not hide that. Yet they were clearly in a uniformity or a connected consciousness to be moving in that manner. So I've had some very interesting and odd encounters this year, and I'm not entirely sure how to perceive them. But I don't necessarily feel these beings trying to get rid of this man was a negative thing because the man I was talking to was talking about an incredibly negative and not necessarily helpful topic. But please, um, Eric was asking questions. What were we talking about, Dave? The second question is follow-up. It seems like there is an increase in visitations. Is this the case or are most people just awakening to it? Um, most people are awakening to it, but we are having an increase in visitations. One thing I've noticed over the last six months is the amount of people saying, hey, I'm not sure if this is an encounter or not, but this is what I've experienced. And typically from what people have ex- described to me, they are having an awareness that visitation is occurring. So they're not only the ETs are not only reaching it to a vaster audience but the people that they are connecting to are remembering what is happening and having a recollection so to me that is a disclosure on the extraterrestrial front with making visitation known and making their presence well aware in the humanity consciousness trip in the space out radio chat room on spreaker is wondering if you're breathing while you're saying all this because you're getting so much information out. He just wanted to make sure you were okay. <laughs> Hi, Trip. And yeah, I typically do something called circle breathing, which is where you're breathing air in and allowing for words to come out at the same time. It's kind of a weird yoga practice. You should try. It's really fun. Yeah. It, I don't do yoga. I tried it for about eight seconds. Yeah, we'll have to try for another, like, eight hours or something. Dave, yeah. we'll move Ew, no, no, no. I, I, ah, you'd love it. No, I have to learn how to perfect the guitar playing first before I move on to anything else. And right now, that's not going too well. Not yeah, going we'll too do well. yoga, then guitar. No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Anyhow, let's move on here. And I know the questions will keep coming fast and furious from our audience, you know, because... That's just the way it happens. You are going yeah. down to California next month to yes. take part in a Paracon put on by Lorian Fenton. How excited mm-hmm. are you to be doing that? I'm so excited. How great is it to go down to whether it's like plus 17, plus 20 versus where we are, where it goes from like minus 20 to five degrees. Right, Dave? How incredible is that? Hey, I, I went without an undershirt today. Just a dress shirt to my daytime job. Yes. Yes. My chest air was breathing today. It's all good with that. You know, (laughs) it it, it was actually warm and it felt good. So I was pretty happy with that. How incredible is that? I'm all over it. But um, one thing I want to mention to your listener, Eric, is I've had two different types of experiences in the last month and a half, two months, where... um, 
different beings and one my lab encounter have said I'm, I'm under quarantine. So I'm not quite sure if that helps your listeners at all, but I've had different beings tell me that I'm under quarantine at this time. And I'm not quite sure what that means, but it's something I'm try to, trying to get a better awareness or understanding of at this time. So if any of them have any information, please email me. I'm really confused, but <laughs> I'm under quarantine. Getting to the Paracon that you're going of to be course. speaking at, what are you talking about there? I'm discussing the diversity of multi-dimensionals and extraterrestrials on planet Earth. Most people think that when it comes to these different beings that all Pleiadians are good, all greys are bad, all reptilians are bad, all tans are not necessarily one way or the other. They think of these beings as being all set in stone. They're not necessarily taking into the diversity of personal agenda. From my experience, not all Pleiadians are good. In fact, some of them can be very misleading. Some can be very negative. Some have joined the Draconians, although they're Pleiadian in nature. Some reptilians are actually quite nice. Some are very much so against the typical hierarchy of the Draconian complex that is placed here on Earth. They look at the way things are being run, not only on this planet, but on the planets in our solar system and a few of the outlining galaxies near us, and they're very disgruntled. They want to change things. They want to make it so it's fair for all because they don't agree with the system that's in place. Now, some of the greys are actually quite lovely and quite harmonious. Some of the Andromedans are quite lovely. It all depends upon the different being. And one thing that the beings that I'm in contact would like to stress to humanity is do not judge a base of being, pardon me, upon its origin nor upon its culture any more than you would judge a human based upon its race, its hair color, or its skin color. Racism on a being type, whether it's reptilian, Pleiadian, whatever, is no different than judging a human based upon its skin type, white, tan, Asian, black, whatever. That is part of what they're trying to get me to express to humanity and to help us gain a further insight upon. So I hope it's not too heavy for people, but that's really where they're pushing it this time. Heavy for me. Well... I, just, I, I, I just want another experience, man. <laughs> I don't get anything anymore. Well, let's go it's, camping. I'm just, I'm just bored with no experiences here. You know, really, I am. I am <laughs> bored about that. Well, Anywho, yes, I'll trade you. I don't like going to sleep at night. Well, yeah, that could be. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I have a question from Mario. He is saying, Samantha, you have a YouTube video called Invisible Entities and Cloaked Extraterrestrials and Multidimensionals. Can you tell us what alien is there? Some of us cannot see it. Hi. So, Mario, when it comes to a lot of those, many of the beings that we perceive to be extraterrestrial are not necessarily just extraterrestrial in the conventional sense. Yes, they can come from these star systems, such as the Pleiades, the Andromedas, um, the Orion system, whatever, but they may not necessarily be operating in the same vibrational frequency or same dimension that we are. When you think about beings such as the Pleiadians, well, they're not operating in the same dimensional frequency. So scientists could look at the Pleiadian star system now, and let's say they actually looked at the exact planets that are going around the Pleiades at this moment in time, and they may not necessarily see life. 
That is because many of the Palladians that are in contact with humanity at this time are actually operating on a higher vibrational frequency. So a dimension that is above the frequency in which we are operating at um, with humanity. So let's say we're operating at the fifth dimension. These beings are operating at the fifth and sixth. And they're lowering that di their dimension to contact us. So when I'm talking about invisible beings or beings that are coming across as being partially cloaked or partially hazy, like they're being that um, heat wave type appearance, what I'm talking about is beings whose dimensional frequency, whether it is the reptilians or it is the tans or it is the light beings or whatever, they're lowering or changing their vibrational density to being slightly out of phase with ours. So because humanity is typically operating at a 3-4 density on average, even sometimes as high as like a low 5, though not commonly, but we'll get into that in a bit, um, these beings have a certain bandwidth which they're operating from. So that would be a low 5 to them. Or let's say they're operating from a lower astral perspective, they'd be operating up into a low 3. So let's say, Mario, you're operating at a mid-4 density. So for a being to be out of phase with you, it could be up until a three or up until, or at the very lowest, it could be a high five to be out of phase with you. So these beings would be shifting their vibration to being slightly out of phase from where you can perceive them. They would think, oh, well, Mario can't see me at a 5.6 because his abilities aren't at that rate yet. He's only operating at a four. So let's say, Mario, you're working on your psychic abilities. And you're increasing your clairvoyance, you're increasing your claircognizance so you can have an instant download of information. With your clairvoyance, you're starting to be able to see more with your um, ability to, let's say, sense what's around you because you can sense the emotions of other people in the room. You can get the feeling of, okay, I can't see anything, but I can sense something in this back corner on the far right side. You could sense that something's in that corner, although you may not necessarily be able to see it. So with these beings that are operating just at a phase for us, if you're operating with many of your psychic abilities more intact or more aware, you can start to be able to perceive when there's a being coming into your, um, let's say, your generalized area, whether it's into the room that you're in or into your house or onto your property. And one thing that I've noticed around that is when you're in that phase, when you're in that more psychically aware perception, you can start to have an increased bandwidth in which you can per perceive. Mario, I talked about you being a solid four, just as an example. So let's say you're operating a solid four, then you would only be able to see things that were operating at like a four density. So let's say it's womp, womp, womp. But let's say you were increasing your psychic abilities, then you go from being like a womp, 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 sorry for the annoying noise, to going a womp, 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 womp. Just to give you that increase of vibrational sense, it kind of gives you like an additional vibrational pulse outwards to be able to sense things more frequently. Now, because of that, you'd be able to perceive a higher amount of vibrational frequencies or ranges that are within your area, rather than, like, let's say, things only having one marker coming up, or being able to only perceive one frequency, you can now perceive two or perceive three. So, with that increased bandwidth understanding or bandwidth, let's say, um, perception, you can gain more of an awareness of what other things are operating in the field around you. Most people can always sense typically within 20 feet around them. 
which I know you're thinking, oh my God, how can I sense 20 feet around me? That's incredible. But no, if you take a moment right now, you can feel the heat coming off the candles if you have candles in the room. You can feel the fan that's above you if you have a fan in the room. You can feel the light from the lamps in your room or the heat coming out of the heat um, radiator, things of that nature. So really, you are able to perceive a lot of things, but when you start to feel something kind of shift into your area, whether it's a ghost walking through a room or a multidimensional being, you'll start to sense that shift or that swirl of energy, that change in what's going on. And initially, you'll feel them, but after a while, if you start to be very aware of what you're seeing in your peripheral, you'll start to see them. As you begin to see them in your peripheral, you can start to see them in your direct line of vision within the 180-degree view with your eyes facing forward and off to the side. And when you start to master that, you start to be able to sense what's behind you as well. I'm not sure if I explained that well, Dave, because I know sometimes I don't explain things to a normal perception. If not, please clarify. No, I think you're doing well. And Mario has a follow-up question. He says, without the alien's permission, can you mm-hmm. see them? Or is there consent yes. needed? No, you don't necessarily need consent. Mario, all you have to do is increase your vibrational awareness, your psychic abilities. Mario, every single person on this planet is psychic. I don't say that to be arrogant. I don't say that to be egotistical. I don't say that to say humanity is awesome. I say that as a fact. The reason being is we are all naturally, from the time we were born, able to perceive multiple dimensions around us. How many of you remember seeing a flash of light when throughout your lives where all of a sudden you're watching TV and you're like, hey, there's a flash of light there for a moment. It looks like a little spark that's there for a sec, then it's gone. Or you see an aura around someone or you see something that's kind of funny and wave-like and it's just kind of in your peripheral for a moment and then gone. You're seeing beings that are moving around you all throughout your day. You're just ignoring it. You're dismissing it. You're thinking, oh, I didn't really see something. Oh, I must be tired or my eyes are bugging me or that's funny. There must be a smudge on my glasses. We're being ridiculous and ignoring a lot of the information around us because we're taught to dismiss what it is we're seeing. And really, it's a shame because we are perceiving many of these things around us. You don't need their permission. In fact, may... Many of the negative beings don't want us to see them, don't want us to perceive them. The positive ones are so excited for us to see them, perceive them. But they don't like moving forward unless they know we're comfortable. But if we're in that fear-based state, they don't want to move forward. So it's quite an interesting thing. I just sent you a text message with three pictures. I saw that. What's up Uh, with that? Oh, I want you to look at those pictures. Now, (laughs) our Keith Andrews, who you've heard me discuss about you uh he is an extraterrestrial contactee based out of Kelowna, <laughs> british columbia i can and, see that okay keith is the one with the long hair i know <laughs> and, and the other guy the old guy with the hat mm-hmm. he, he's pleiadian yeah he looks like he's had a lot of contact from the time he was born he's having trouble handling this reality well, see, in that photo, that photo was taken in August of 2015 at mm-hmm. the Experiencers Conference in Portland, Maine. And nice. one of the things that I want to ask you about this photo is Don here is supposed to be a Pleiadian hybrid. Mm-hmm. And if you notice in the facial pictures, his skin is kind of gray. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently it, it was swirling in pigmentation. When you look at this photo, and even though he looks like a a senior citizen, how can one tell if he's actually Pleiadian or not? 
Mm, he's not just bleeding. He does have a high amount of reptilian DNA trying to hold him back as well, but that's okay. Um, one thing that I do notice around this gentleman is when you look at the eyes, Pleiadians are typically people that do not handle the energetic vibration of Earth very well. We're an incredibly vibrationally all over the place race, and the Pleiadians aren't. They're typically a very grounded, um, typically more calm compared to where we are. They're very diplomatic by nature. They're very um, logical. They're very um, not only emotional, but they tend to have more of a happy emotion going around them. Versus, do you see how the left eye and the right eye of this gentleman are conflicting? How the eye on the left side of the picture, Dave, is smaller and more concise, very restricted compared to the right eye. How it looks like the man's in conflict with himself. He's having trouble in two realities. He can't figure out which one he feels more connected to. Mm-hmm. That is one thing I notice about this gentleman. Mm-hmm. When, now, you look, when you look at the photo, does it look does it look alien to you right off the bat? Because to most people who will see this photo, they will look <laughs> and they will say, well, he that's a human being. That's someone no. who spent too much time in the sun in Florida. <laughs> no. The gentleman on the right has spent more time in Florida. The gentleman on the left has not spent as much time in Florida. Rather, the gentleman on the left is someone who doesn't handle the sun as well. I would say he gets overheated more easily than the gentleman on the right. One thing that I notice around him is he has a lot of blue around him, not only through his color choices, but through his feeling of connection. He's trying to camouflage it. He feels the need to really communicate. He's someone who wants to express what's going on throughout his heart and his soul, but he doesn't feel as though he can do so in a manner that the people near him will understand or connect to. So he feels that conflict within him, that internal conflict of, okay, I want to say something, but I don't know how to say it in a way that they're going to understand. And I feel that frustration within me as though as I don't know how to move forward. So that's part of why his mouth is like, I, I, I want to say something, but I don't know how. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I, I totally get what you're saying in, on that. Then look at his hand picture. Mm-hmm. You'll notice on his hand, there's actually one purple mark on his fingernail, which could be deciphered as maybe he hit his finger in a car door or with a hammer. Okay, no. But if you look up towards the sleeve in between his knuckles, it's purple there as well. Yeah, it is. Um, typically, the inability to have the circulation within the body to be appropriate with this dimension. Think of it this way. Pleiadians are coming from a higher dimensional frequency. And therefore, when they're coming down to a lower frequency, they're having trouble containing that dimensional frequency within a lower dimensional body. So you're coming in from a fifth dimension going to a third, fourth body. How do you contain that and still maintain that harmonious blood flow, that harmonious digestive flow, that ability to eat the same things that people on this dimension would eat? It doesn't work that way. They get constipated. They get gas. They get inability to have their blood sugars stabilized. They get that inability to have their heart maintain that normal frequency. Their blood pressure drops and then spikes because it's not able to maintain a harmonious frequency. To me, stuff like that just completely makes sense because you're looking at these higher dimensional beings going into a lower dimensional body. Of course, it's going to have inability to stabilize. What do you expect? You can't expect for a high-pressurized gas to go into or a liquid to go into an engine that's not necessarily able to handle it and have things to run smoothly. Of course not. There's going to be bumps and bruises and inability for the engine or the body to function at that rate. Of course. 
it's just, it's ludicrous to me to think it wouldn't work out otherwise. So it's funny that we, not only Palladians, but other beings who are more of a higher dimension would come into Earth-based bodies and think, oh yeah, it's going to be smooth, it's going to be easy, I'm a higher vibration, it's going to work out. No, no. You're going to have bumps and irritabilities and your soul's not going to work out well in this body because you're trying to get into that comfortable jive with things. Of course it's not going to work out well until you talk to your body and get in a comfortable state. It's no wonder. Mario has a follow-up question in regards to the photos. Samantha, can you see an auric field around Pleiadian Dan or Keith? Mm, one thing I notice around Pleiadian Dan is I keep seeing a sense of yellow. So when I see Dan, um, yellow means a couple things to me. An identity of self, of how I fit into this world, how I'm perceived by this world. How do I navigate throughout this reality? I do see more of a purple around Dan than I do Keith. So if you were to ask me if I had to go one of these two gentlemen for a reading, I'm sorry, I choose the gentleman on the left. He, when he takes his ego aside, when he's actually willing to operate from full consciousness of who he is and how he is able to navigate throughout this reality, the gentleman on the left is going to be able to come through a very non-ego-based reality. But he has more doubt as to his capabilities than the man on the right. When I look at the man on the right, I see more green coming from, from more compassionate, more of a understanding of how this reality works, how you're able to navigate throughout this world more of the understanding of how things work he's a very understanding of how things fit together versus the gentleman on the right tends to perceive things from more of a bigger picture he can't quite figure out the small nuts and bolts versus the gentleman on the right figures out how things can actually fit quite nicely so to me that's how i see them well it makes sense because dan the pleiadian came in with two people Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know what the money looked like. They were trying to figure out how much everything costs. Yeah. And, and nobody saw them enter. No. And nobody saw them leave. Cool. They just kind of appeared and disappeared. And even the hotel security cameras did not pick up their their leaving or their arrival. Dave, what part of teleportation technology are we not getting here? Uh, pretty much all of it because I just want some damn aliens at my window. And they don't even—they don't even show up there. Ah, enjoy that. Well, I, I would like to see once again. Quick question from Joe in the SOR Space Travelers Club. As we got about ninety seconds before we got to go to our first break of the night, Samantha. Hi, Joe. Joe has a really good beard, so he's wondering what alien race has the best beards that you've seen. None. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> That's oh, a pretty incredible human thing from what I've noticed. I love beards. Go get a good smelling beard wash. Like Colonel or whatever, Colonel Ichabob something. They smell great. Go get a good beard wash. You'll do great, Joe. No, oh, come on. There's got to be at least one race with a beard out there. Can you imagine? I haven't seen any. What about the little gray beard guys? What about mm-hmm. gnomes? Them damn gnomes, they have beards. I haven't met gnomes. Even in my readings, I've never seen a gnome. I've seen trolls, but I haven't seen gnomes. Oh, them gnomes, man. Them (laughs) gnomes. I hate them little bastards. Oh, they just drive me nuts. (laughs) I I don't know why they freak me out so much, but they just do. Maybe you've died from them before. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe I got attacked by the gnomes in Iceland or something like that. I don't know. You know? I really don't know. But that's just the way it is. 
Samantha, I'm going to get you to hold on here for a couple of minutes. We're going to mm-hmm. get ready to hop out on our first break of the night. The ET experience with Samantha Mowat happens the second uh, Tuesday of every month. We're glad to have Samantha back. We're going to hop out for a break here. When we come back, more of your questions and ET chatter as we've got two hours to go with the best kept secret in ufology, Samantha Mowat. We'll be right back. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. Looking for news beyond the mainstream news? Head to spacedoutradio.com and check out the SOR Spacewire. This is Spaced Out Radio's Eric Markham, news director for the SOR Spacewire. Daily, I will bring you intriguing stories and outlandish reports from what's going on around the world. UFO sightings, paranormal activity, conspiracies, alternative health, and so much more. And if you have news, email me at news at spaceoutradio.com. Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I... 
Vincent Zunza and my super sleuth partner Alexandra Sullivan track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest, from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock. Loud and proud. In high definition. Radio 702 Rocks. Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Welcome back to hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you along with us. Tomorrow night of the show, we're going to talk about astral travel, remote viewing, and how it affects the paranormal. Eric Cooper and his team from Forest Moon Paranormal will be with us as our guests starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on the United Public Radio Network live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world thank you so much for tuning us in we're also live in las vegas on renegade talk radio thank you so much for being with us glad to have you along with us in sin city and if you're listening in on revolution radio remember the double r machine is a donation station financed by you the valued listener head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Slubber Degullion. Slubber Degullion is your password. What it means, no idea. Doesn't really matter. Try using it in a sentence, but that is your password for tonight. And I don't know if it's Bill or Katie who is actually making up the password, but thank you so much. They set the password each and every night for the SOR Space Travelers. Use it wisely. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. You can also use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio to chat with me live during the show. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, I can be followed at Dave Scott SOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes, and of course our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for just five bucks a month. Samantha Mowat is back this month for her monthly feature called The E.T. Experience. Samantha does it the second Tuesday of every month. Welcome back. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. We got a plethora of questions for you as we continue on here. This one coming from Moogboy on Twitter at hashtag SpaceOutRadio. He says, Samantha, can you repudiate scientific evidence that electromagnetic stimulation to temporal lobes in the brain can make you see aliens have an out-of-body experience and other paranormal phenomena i honestly think it's possible although i may not necessarily be able to repute scientific evidence that it may be capable i believe as though when you stimulate certain sections of the brain be it through the meridian lines running through the bodies activating certain chakras or necessarily just applying certain stimulus, whether it's electromagnetically or otherwise to the body, could help you to open up certain dimensional frequencies that you're able to perceive, be it extraterrestrial, multidimensional, or otherwise. Because as I, from what I've noticed, the scientific process can often be held back from what the government is willing to share with us. As well, when it comes to... when it, Stuff such as electromagnetic frequencies. One thing I've noticed around the multidimensionals and extraterrestrials is they state that frequency is everything. When you learn to understand the different vibrational frequencies being emitted by things, whether it is the frequency from your plants, your rocks, the different furnitures in your home, that of different people around you, or that of the things that you ingest into your body, frequency is everything. Learning how to differentiate and understand those frequencies can determine what it is you are able to perceive and understand. If you are operating from a very dense frequency, you are not able to understand the higher frequencies versus if you are able to understand the higher frequencies, your ability to differentiate and understand the lower frequencies can be different as well. Do I have the scientific knowledge nor understanding to be able to necessarily dictate and represent those terms in the way in which you're hoping? No. Of course I do not. I do not have any scientific education behind me in order to necessarily do that. What I do have, however, is the assistance of multidimensionals and extraterrestrials who have taught me what it is they perceive, what it is they find would be necessary for someone such as myself to be able to perceive and understand. Do I have the education that you would have by going to university? No. But do I have a different education? Yes, I do. Can I make it be understood in the way that you could perceive? Not necessarily. So I'm sorry if that that does not necessarily answer your question, but that is how I can perceive it and how I can represent what I know. Excellent. Let's get to another question here. Beauty. This comes from Eric once again. He's asking, where does the whole Donald Trump situation (laughs) fit in with the aliens and what do they think of his agenda? Have you been told yet? I haven't even asked them. I'm sorry. When it comes to Donald Trump, they know my perception of him. And from what they've shown me, actually half of them like him, half of them don't. So it's kind of curious to see which way it's going to go with him. 
some of the extraterrestrials do like Donald Trump because he doesn't seem to have the same New World Order backup that many of the other ones, such as Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush had. Yet other ones do not seem as comfortable because of his lack of concern when it comes to animals, the environments, and human rights violations. So depending upon the multidimensional and extraterrestrial group you're in communication with, you'll get different points of awareness. The reptilians I've been in contact with do not seem to mind Trump versus some of the Andromedans and Arcturians are not as fond of him because he doesn't have the same environmental agenda that they would like to see in someone who's a world leader. So that is what they have expressed to me. Joe has a question. He lives down in California where they are having some troubles with the Oroville Dam about to burst. And he is asking, Samantha, can you ask any of your friends if they know what will happen to the dam? I can ask them, but I'd have to go into a deep meditation and ask them. Typically, I do not ask them if I've had any dairy or wheat in my system. Because when I've had dairy or wheat in my system, I don't necessarily feel as inclined to trust in the information I receive. Dairy is, is, to the best of my feelings, embedding the energy from cows coming into your body, which could throw off your perception, as with wheat. Mm. I did not know that. I did not know that. I don't typically eat a lot of them for that reason. Well, I'll eat it for you. Please do. Yeah, that's what I do. But, Dave, I can always ask them tomorrow morning before I do my reading for tomorrow morning, and then I can message you and you could tell them tomorrow night. Uh, that would be appreciative. I'll just so pass that, it straight to Joe. That is the best I could do for you, Joe. I hope you do not mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe will be good. I'm sure his his great hair will approve of that. He's got a lovely mane. Lovely mane. Nice. Ah. Absolutely. So, moving on here, when we, I'm just scanning for other questions to see if there is any for you at this time. You forgot to mention during, when we were talking about the Paracon, Mm -hmm. about when it is, in case anybody wants to go see. Oh, that would be March, I believe, 24th, 25th, 26th, if I'm not mistaken, the third weekend in March of next month. Well, 2017. Sorry for being all over the place. My energy is kind of crazy tonight, but that's all right. Um, One thing that I mentioned or should mention about it is it's in California. It's in San Francisco. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I'm so excited to meet some people that I've been very excited to meet in person, such as Lorian Fenton is someone that you and I both know, Dave, who's got quite a beautiful energy. She's the one who's hosting Paracon. She's helping to bring this disclosure movement forward and bring the extraterrestrial multidimensional reality into more of the mainstream area, which is quite incredible. She's also got a few other people, such as George Norrie coming. She's got, oh goodness, just so many incredible people coming forward. One thing that I'm so excited to see is how the energetic awareness and um, extraterrestrials are going to be put together. One thing people don't realize is that your psychic abilities and the energetic template, so the energy you're emitting and the energy around you, is part of what's going to really affect what you're able to perceive. People think, oh my goodness, I'm a contactee and that's it. That's all there is to it. I'm a normal person beyond that. Well, no, it's normally your energetic frequency that draws many of these beings to you. Um, It's... I believe Friday the 24th, Saturday the 26th, and Sunday the 20, or pardon me, 
um, Friday 24th, Saturday the 25th, and Sunday the 26th of next month, March 2017, when this conference is. It's in southern San Francisco, California, at the Holiday Inn. It's going to be incredible. Please check out the UFO um, CA UFO Con 2017. It's going to be absolutely incredible. There's some really amazing speakers. I can't wait. It's only, I think, 37 days away or so. I can't wait to go see some of these speakers, Dave. I really wish you were coming. It'd be pretty incredible to have you there, too. Mm. I got to save up for Boston. I'm hey, going to Boston. Boston's, gonna be fun. Boston's <laughs> going to be a blast. So that's what I will be doing. And, you know, I hope one day to get down to one of Lorian's events. I really do. Oh, we should go together. It'll be so much fun. It would be fun. It would be fun. You know, I think it would be an absolute blast. We will one of these days. So we will definitely try and get down there and and make something happen. We just have to make sure that, you know, it fits into the old spaced out radio budget, which is my bank account. So Hey, it's going to expand next year. Don't worry. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. But Dave, sorry to just plug this one more time. People are talking about everything from um, the great conspiracies, from um, the hidden worlds of hiding within plain sight to my labs. People are talking about things like um, America's fall from space. They're talking about, oh my goodness, just so many incredible things, whether it's their my lab or their ET experiences or the energetic relation. I'm just, I'm so excited to hear everyone else speak. I just, I feel so privileged to be able to enjoy the entire conference until the very, very end, in which case, yeah, I'll do my thing, but I get to enjoy two full days of other people before I actually have to work. How great is that? Mm. Pretty incredible. Well, you know what? It it is incredible. And, you know, I'm kind of jealous that I'm not going now. Well, I'd love to have you join me. It'd be fun. Well, yeah, I can't. I just can't. I would love to. But, you know, once again, I, I the wife has me on a tight leash right now because, you know. I get it. Don't worry. Yeah. Next year. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Next year, her and I will make our way down, you know. Perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, you're, you are going to be amazing. And, you know, the contacts that you're going to make are, are going to be phenomenal. So just make sure you wear that or wave that Space Out Radio flag quite a bit for us. I would appreciate that. Actually, if you want to mail some stuff up to me, I can bring it with me. I can do that. I can do that. For Perfect. sure. Getting back to the whole ET talk tonight. Of course. You know, because that's kind of why you're here. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we like to do around here is talk a little aliens when you're around. When when you are having contact, mm-hmm. how does it happen for you? Okay, so what I'm saying is, when you wake up in the morning, do you know something is going to happen maybe later that afternoon or that evening or that night? Or does it just hit you spontaneously like they're on their way? Mm, sometimes, yes, I wake up in the morning. And sometimes, no. When I wake up in the morning, I feel that they're coming. You could sometimes wake up in the morning and be like, I feel a lot of ETs around me or I feel they're coming, which is okay. Other times I'll be, let's say, walking to the grocery store and I'll start seeing blue butterfly um, on people's shirts, on 
greeting cards on cereal boxes on whatever just time and time again where it's just that continuous um sign synchronicity appearing over and over where it's like okay i can tell you guys are coming i can tell you give me that warning thank you for the warning other times i'll be at home and then i'll just start to feel that weird you know when you're going through your house and you feel like energy just slows right down like all of a sudden it's thick and it's heavy like it's just so different from what you experienced a couple minutes ago and you could tell that something is different in your home like how there's been an energetic shift or like there's someone suddenly present who wasn't there before and you know that um, Mrs. SOR is not home and the kids aren't home and everything else isn't home and it's just you how you can just feel that energy shift often I'll get stuff like that going on in which case, I just typically, without, I don't know what's with me. I think it's a program thing within me where I just kind of continue on with my day where it's doing the laundry, getting ready for my readings, doing meditation, whatever. And I'll just, I'll walk by a room and I'll see something standing there looking at me. And without thinking, I typically walk right past into the next room. And then it dawns on me on, I saw something. And I step back and I don't necessarily see it again. But I can still see that energetic haze or that slightly invisible outline, as I believe it was Eric talked about earlier, I inquired about earlier, just things like that going on. Um, often when I take my dog down below, which is a trail by my house, I'll often sense like time starts to get very, very slow. Like I really notice the snow crunching beneath my feet. I'll notice um, time moving slower, like the music in my headphones isn't necessarily at the same beat or the same pace that it was a moment ago. I'll start to notice that things are really shifting in the amount of time that's passing. Often to me, that's a sign that contact is about to occur or that it's just gone on and I'm coming out of it and don't remember it. So things like that for me are quite normal. So I have a lot of weird things like that going on that kind of give me triggers of, okay, something either just happened or it's about to happen. It's kind of weird. Corey, my booking coordinator, who's on, Hi, Corey. Hi, who's on hiatus, hiatus right now, she is asking, have you ever bumped into a little creature that almost looks like a little Star Wars Ewok? Corey had that happen in her laundry room a couple of years ago. She's still trying to figure out why it would be there. No, Corey, I haven't met anything that looked like an Ewok, although when I was a very small child, when I saw the Ewok adventure, I felt a strong connection towards it. They were the one Star Wars movie that I really felt the strong resonance towards. So I understand your connection to these beings, but no, I haven't seen one. But it's funny you bring up doing laundry when you encounter one. I've seen a couple different beings now when I've been busy doing laundry in my home because we're in that state where we're just in go, we're in autopilot. We're not really thinking about what's around us or what's going on. And then you encounter these beings, you know, some there for a couple moments and they're gone again. So it's quite interesting how it happens that way. If I encounter anyone who has encountered ETs that are very similar to Ewoks, I will be sure to let Dave know so he can get you in contact with them, Corey. I'm still trying to figure out what that little tree nymph was that I saw with with the little guy this past summer in 2016 when we were walking around the lake looking for some geocaches that were hidden. Nice. That thing just tripped me out. It was only about 18 inches tall did not like nice. seeing me took off back into the trees afterwards let's get to another question here this one comes from canadian joe at hashtag spaced out radio samantha did you ever try to resist contact with any aliens or entities of 
course, quite a few of them. Um, quite often, I could be a stubborn little monkey where I don't want to have contact or I'm having too much contact in any given time and I just can't stand it and I'm angry and I don't want to be bugged. Um, typically, one thing I've noticed, Canadian Joe, is that when I feel more of a denser or non-compatible energy coming from a being, such as what I get with many of the reptilians, I tend to get in this really hostile, irritable mood where I don't want to be in contact with them or I don't want to be in their presence. I tend to want to walk away from the encounters or I try to move myself. And you can't always move yourself. I had this one encounter a year or two ago where um, I suddenly found myself in this building and I'm looking around the corner and as I'm looking around this corner, I believe it was, I saw two or three grays that were standing around a table and they had this really interesting, um, I don't know what it was, some sort of operational device where they're animating this body. There's one of them that was stepping into a body that looked like a human body. And I'm seeing that one of them step into the body, which looked like a human one. And as stepping into this body, it's occupying it. And I'm thinking, Oh God, Oh no, there's, ETs stepping into bodies and I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be anywhere near that. I'm just going to walk away. So I started walking away as I'm in this encounter, which is kind of funny because sometimes you'll find yourself standing in hallways when you're in encounters when you've been abducted or you're having things like that going on and you will, you'll suddenly snap into an awareness, which you're not supposed to. And I'm not quite sure why it is sometimes we snap into that conscious recollection or conscious awareness. But anyway, getting back to it, I started walking down the hallway. <coughs> Pardon me. And as I'm walking down this hallway, I see three or, or so other people at the end of the hallway towards the outside of the building. I'm like, you guys need to come with me right now. Um, there is grays and they're stepping into bodies. And you don't want to be anywhere near here because you can't tell if they're human or if they're grays. Of course, these beings, which I thought were humans, didn't respond to me. So I thought, okay, let's all go outside. And as we're outside and we're walking, I noticed that they're still not speaking. And I thought, oh, God, I've got to leave these beings. One second. Pardon me again. <coughs> I find when I talk about certain ET stuff, it gets my throat chakra funny. So I know there's some sort of energetic block there, but... Anyway, um, as I'm walking away, I start walking towards the river because I can feel these grays that were inside that room honing in on my energy. They, one thing that many contactees or abductees will notice is that these beings have an awareness of not only our name, not only our physical appearance, but the energetic frequency that's being emitted by each of us. They don't necessarily need implants in the conventional sense. Um, when you think about implants in your brains or implants in your bodies, you think, of like New World Order implants or very primitive implants to track you. Well, many of these beings are able to track you by the unique energetic signature being emitted throughout your entire body, not only by your soul when you're astral projecting, but by your soul when it's inhabiting a physical body. So it's kind of interesting how it works that way. But getting back to the point, um, I tried to hide from these beings. And as I noticed they were following me, I got rid of the, I kind of, ditch the three or so beings that I was walking with saying come with me get away from these other greys and I went onto this boat and while I'm on this boat I found a door that looked like it was closet and I'm holding the door handle shut because I knew these beings are coming for me I didn't want them to find me and what's kind of silly is as I'm holding this door shut I suddenly start feeling someone on the other side of the door handle and they're trying to open the door they've got their hand on the other side of the door they're trying to pull it open they're trying to twist it open but of course I'm being a stubborn little monkey and I didn't want them to open it. And 
Anyway, while I'm doing this, I remember I suddenly, like after a while, I gave up. I thought, this is relentless. Like, this is pointless. I'm being relentless. There's nothing I can do about this. I may as well just face what's going on. And then when I finally opened it, they looked at me and said, why didn't you just ask us what we were doing? Why didn't you just try to find out what's going on? They said, we're not trying to scare you. We're not trying to bring harm to you. This is just something that we're occupying, something that we're doing. And so... When that finally happened, I kind of got an awareness that, okay, so we do have many extraterrestrials that are occupying physical human bodies, although they're not necessarily born to humans, they're looking like humans. It's a lot of very odd things that are going on that we don't necessarily become aware of unless we actually have the experiences to see these things occurring. So that is one very small example of how I've kind of resisted contact where I didn't want to have an encounter with these beings. Although quite often I've found some of my more physical encounters where I've been walking a store and I look at someone and then, you know, when you're looking in someone's eyes, you could be like me where you just have that habit of looking people's eyes when you're in a lineup or when you're just walking throughout the store. And then you see someone's eyes switch over from being like our normal pupils and our normal eye colors to being more of the slit. Sometimes when I've seen that, I've just, I've, let abandon my cart, abandon my shopping basket. And I said, uh-uh, not doing this, can't do it. Don't want to be here right now. Sometimes things like that happened. And when you see stuff like that going on, it's kind of hard to stay grounded in that moment, especially when you're with other people and you try to explain to them, do you know, I just, I can't be in this environment. Especially if you're walking to like a Starbucks or something and you just see someone's eyes switch, then stuff like that could be really hard for you. But I, I don't know, Dave. It's it's kind of challenging. Life's a bit odd. Well, let's get to another question here. This one comes from Tammy. Actually, before we get to Tammy's question, I'm just noticing Canadian Joe has a follow-up question at hashtag mm-hmm. Spaced Out Radio on Twitter. Samantha, when you resisted, mm-hmm. did they, being the ETs, ever force the issue? A couple times, yes. Some of the... They said I had a soul contract with a couple of them where they kind of forced me to have implants or they've tried to really force things to move forward. Like when they've taken a couple of fetuses out of me, which as a couple of the tans have done or a couple of the grays, but not more the benevolent ones. Once again, you have to kind of discern which beings are more of a higher vibration, which are of a lighter vibration, which ones mean you good versus which ones mean you harm. It's kind of like a 60-40 split, which I've talked about quite frequently, where the majority are good. But like anything, you have that small few who are kind of negative and self-serving. So it, it is a little bit frustrating, Canadian Joe, to try to look at which ones do mean us harm and which ones do mean us good. All right, let's move on to a question here from Tammy. It's a long one. She apologizes for it, but we're going to get through it. Samantha, do you happen to know anything about disappearing UFOs? I, on two different occasions, have seen something flying. Not sure if it was an airplane, because both times I only saw white lights with no flashing reds like I normally see on aircraft. And one second it was there, then just gone. The first time was on January 7th of this year, around 6 in the morning. The second was on January 21st at 6 p.m. Not sure if the dates and time mean anything, but thought I would include it just in case. 
Both were in the same spot in the sky and appeared to be close to a satellite, as this was what I was watching when outside when I noticed both. Okay. Two things. One, Tammy never apologized. It implies that you're at fault. So please don't do that. Instead, change the energy around, because if you're going to a negative energy, you're saying, Tammy's not right. That's not okay. Secondly, um, sorry, I have to cough again. What the heck? <coughs> <clears throat> pardon me um when it comes to you having the dates and time the fact that you seen both of them last month and the fact that both of them were following satellites i would take that you don't you never see planes following satellites that closely especially not on the same trajectory not in the same very like very small location like when you think about the distance between where you're visually perceiving the satellite Versus the trajectory the plane is taking and the distance the two would follow. No, you're seeing interdimensionally. And the fact you only seen them for a short period of time, to me, is an indication that you're seeing things on more of a psychic level. You're seeing things interdimensionally. So, Tammy, the best thing I could say is draw out what you saw. Because what you're seeing is more of a multidimensional craft, not necessarily an extraterrestrial craft. If you're seeing an extraterrestrial craft you would see it phase out of one vibration to the other. So you'd see it starts to grab like that funny looking halo. You'd start to see like a heat wave going around it. And you'd start to see it there for a moment, pulse, 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 and then gone. You'd start to see a shift in the energy between one to the other. Now, if you're approaching it from more of a clairvoyant perspective and you're seeing it go from one vibration, we're seeing its full form, you're seeing it shift into the next form, you'd still see that energetic outline, that energetic template. So to me, that'd be something going from a physical um, 3D, 4D reality into the 4, four 5 type thing. Does that make sense, Dave? I'm not sure if I'm explaining this well. No, I think you're doing great. I really do. Sorry, just kind of off today. Um, Tammy, what I could recommend you do is draw it out. Draw out exactly what you've seen on both occasions. Um, if you saw there being a pulse around the energy, whether you saw a shift in the energy, you mentioned the white lights. The fact you're only seeing one color light around these different aircraft or these different spacecraft before they shift is an indication it's not your standard aircraft. The fact that it disappears all of a sudden means not standard aircraft. That would be something that's not of this typical government you're either seeing secret space technology or extraterrestrial technology or multidimensional technology so either way yay you saw something how cool is that Mm-hmm. i wish i could see something i never get those experiences anymore and yes i'm <laughs> sour about it very yeah, sour yes eric has a question Sam, since you have seen so many different types of extraterrestrials, is there any species out there that resembles the xenomorphs from the Alien movie or the Predator movies? I haven't seen those type yet, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. When you think about the different types of extraterrestrials and multidimensionals, I've seen a small sliver. Think about the kind of beings that you've seen in this life here on Earth. You've seen spiders, you've seen foxes, cats, dogs, wolves, a very small percentage compared to what's actually available on planet Earth. Now, when you think about what's available in our galaxy, there's that. Again, when you think about what's available in this universe, there's um, times what there is in the galaxy, once again, times whatever. It is absolutely arrogant to think that because I haven't seen something that it doesn't exist. 
I've seen the smallest of slivers of what's out there. And the only difference between me and most people is I'm not having judgment about what I'm seeing. I'm always asking, hey, what else is possible? Hey, what else is there? Hey, what else can I be in contact with? Guides, bring me more. Spirit, um, extraterrestrials, who else wants to talk to me? Who else is interest, interested in communicating with beings from Earth? I know some people think that's terribly naive. I know some people think that's terribly stupid. I get that. I understand their point of awareness. No judgment around that. But to me, if you want to see these beings, you want to communicate with them, you can't come at it from a point of anger, frustration, and judgment. So, no, I don't necessarily have seen anything that's from the Predator movies, but I don't know how well I would handle that either. So they might not want to be in contact with someone like me. They'd probably better resonate because from what I remember about the Predator movies with someone who has more of a mantis or reptilian or more of a spider DNA complex or energy signature than someone like me. Let's get to Robert's question all the way from Australia. Do they, being the extraterrestrials, not have a wardrobe like the Ewok? It, it's like just an everyday piece of clothing. Like he's, That goes to the question that Corey asked earlier on about the little Ewok-type dude that was in her laundry room one day. Well, one thing... Well, good morning to Australia. But one thing I've noticed about many of the beings is... The majority of ETs do not wear clothes. May the humanoid-type beings, may the gray-type beings, um, whether it's greys, andromedans, arcturians, pleiadians, or things such like that, do wear clothes. But when you come to, um, typically, a lot of the reptilians do wear some form of garment. Um, light beings don't typically. Typically, from what I've seen, the ones that do wear clothes either wear something that goes from their, like, just below their neck, like, think your collarbone area, down to your wrist, all the way down to your feet, whether it's exposed in the feet or covered feet, or when it comes to me, the Pleiadians or Lyrans, they tend to have more of a robe-type being. Don't think house coat-type robe. Think kind of similar to a Grecian, but less clunky, less primitive. It it covers somebody in a very comfortable, accessible, very free type of way. Think yoga clothing in a lot of way. I'm not sure if that's a very accurate way to describe it, but that's from what I've noticed how I can best describe what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Many Many of the towns, it seems that their clothing, um, its it looks like it's incredibly stretchy and very flexible. It's comfortable. Um, I've seen them in everything from blue to gray to tan when it comes to their clothing, but they don't tend to wear stuff that's, I don't see a lot of patterns on it. I don't see any form of design typically. The very odd being, I will see having like a chest plate or something very odd like that like when I went to that one off-planet encounter where I saw those beings that had the different symbols and crystals embedded into it having chest plates that were more of a protective class but most of the beings don't tend to wear clothes like how we have jeans and t-shirts or sweatpants or dresses no we're kind of interesting that way definitely wonder what they would think of some of the people down in Hollywood or something along those lines be crazy (laughs) Crazy. Let's get to another question. This one from Bob in the SOR Space Travelers Club. He is asking, if E.T. is wearing human-type suits, Mm -hmm. is there any way for us as humans to tell? Of course. Look at the eyes of things. When you're walking around, whether you're going through your local supermarket or you're driving or you're walking down the street, how often do you actually look into the eyes of someone? 
Do you actually make eye contact? When you make eye contact with someone, you start to see the depth of their soul. You start to see what's going on on another level. Many of the multidimensionals and extraterrestrials operate on a telepathic level. So when you make that strong eye contact connection, you open up more of that telepathic communication between two beings. Have you ever, Dave, have you ever looked at someone in the eyes and went, you're not from here. My God, are you not from here? But you couldn't quite place it? Yes, you. Well, beside me. Okay, ignoring me. Me aside. <laughs> like when you're walking a, a down the street. Th- a couple yeah. people, yeah. Well, it, one thing I've noticed is when you do that and you're making such strong eye contact with people, do you ever notice that something's different in their eyes? The way they either hold their facial expressions or just things like that. A lot of ETs don't typically get the human jokes, which is kind of funny because they have a very odd sense of humor. Um, a lot of them are very playful. They tend to have different body language. A lot of them tend to hold their bodies very erect because they don't have the same like um, shoulders leaning forward or self-confidence issues we do. They're very comfortable in themselves. They don't tend to, you know, when you look at someone and they don't quite hold their face in a normal way, whether they look like they're uncomfortable or like they're just holding an expression too long. Many of the ETs I've seen when they're trying to be in more of like a human pose or they're trying to um, make us more comfortable in like when they're experiencing a, like what experience with us, they'll try to be like too upright or they're trying to hold an expression too long, like happiness, happiness, happiness. And you're like, mm, no, you need to kind of move from one expression into the other as the communication or as we're um, interacting with any, one another goes. They tend to not really have the same ebb and flow as we do. It's quite interesting. So Dave, t- take yeah. away the, take away the eyes. This leads to skeptics' question at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Of course, H- how can we tell who is an ET and who is not? Okay, skeptic, think of it this way: tomorrow, when you go about your day to day life, can you do me a favor and go for a walk? Go for a walk downtown in whatever town or city you live in. Walk like a good half hour or so, and as you're walking by people, kind of just. Feel who's around you. How many of them feel like a normal person? How many of them feel like they're not really alive? How many of them feel like they're in a coma, so to speak, like they're a walking shell of their existence versus what ones feel like they're alive and incredibly aware of the energy around them? What ones feel like they're touching what the wall feels like, what the floor, um, what the like say sidewalk feels like what the people around them feel like may the ETs and you're walking near them. They're trying to gain information from absolutely everything around them, be it the buildings, the plants, the people, the vehicles, they are trying to absorb as much information as they can. So you can kind of feel their energy shifting in so many different directions, trying to gain that information and pull it into them. It's quite interesting. Sorry. Being too loud. Now he's now he's like, what do you mean? Am I an alien? Yes, yes, you are. Well, there's a good chance of it. So when you think about it that way, it's it's quite interesting because maybe these beings are trying to take into account the information that's around them and what's going on to get a better awareness of what's going on with humanity. They're not only trying to understand um, how our plants are doing, but they're trying to understand how the animals they're passing are faring, how the people are interacting, what level of consciousness they have. I'm sorry for being too loud, husband. <laughs> sorry. I'm loud again, like normal. I get too passionate. Anyway, um, they tend yes. to really... Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, Carlin. <laughs> totally. 
he says sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, they tend to really be, because many of these beings are more psychically aware than most humans, they tend to be using many of their faculties to really push out their energetic field and feel what's going this way. I'm, I'm being quieter, I promise. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I'm getting told to be quiet. I'm too loud again. Anyway, they're being told um, these beings are feeling what's going on in front of them, how the beings are around them, how humanity is doing. Okay, look, this human I'm passing, they're feeling sad. They're feeling stressed about money. They're stressed about their weight. They're stressed about what they're eating. They're stressed about what's going on the next month. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, look, this plant I'm passing, it's feeling like it's not getting enough nourishment. It's not feeling that energetic exchange with the people around them. It's feeling as though it's having trouble breathing because it's too close to the vehicles going near it. Oh, look, this dog I'm passing, it's feeling as though it's not necessarily having the fun and connection it wants to its owner it's feeling tired these are the kind of things made the extraterrestrials who are walking near us are absorbing information wise people think oh it's all about humanity no 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 Many of these beings, as they're coming down here, they're collecting information about everything from the rocks and minerals to the plants to the buildings they're collecting information on so many different avenues it's absolutely incredible and exciting and that's what they've tried to explain to me i have one et teaching me how to understand how to connect with stones just by holding a stone you can read the energy of how that stone is feeling and where it's been and the people that have walked by it it's it's incredible i'm i'm sorry if i'm going off on a tangent but that is part of what they want us to understand it's it's incredible Let's move on here because Bill Cardwell has a question. He is saying, Samantha, I recently watched a show about the possibility of alternate dimensions and multiverses. Do -hmm. you have any information that any of the extraterrestrials you've had contact with have crossed over from either of these? Well, Bill, one thing that I've noticed with some of the multidimensionals that I'm in contact with is quite often they'll take me, even when I'm sitting on my couch, and have you ever just kind of sat down and been pulled out of your body, even though you're you're wide awake and it's the afternoon, and then have something pull you out of your body so your soul is taken out, be it your body's physically occupying the space on your couch, and have something else show you another image or another vision? Quite often, they'll do stuff like that with me. And one thing that they've shown me is I was shown another dimension of Earth. And they were showing me these different beings that are running around on the Earth, feeding off the different humans that are feeling fear-based or scared or angry or these lower-dimensional vibrational feelings. So think root chakra feelings, stress about finances, stress about sex, stress about connections, stress about families, stress about how you're going to survive, things of that nature. And one thing, these beings were standing behind me and one had its hand on my shoulder and he's like, see how these humans are scared. See how these humans are interacting. And they said, don't go into that same fear-based state. And as I'm there, I remember just talking to these humans saying, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Everything's okay. If you're not afraid, they can't get you. But as these people are going about their day-to-day lives, they were so stressed and they were so scared. And I remember saying, don't don't get to this. Don't allow yourself to be in this state. But the people didn't listen to me. They kept being in this fear state. And as they were, these different lower dimensional entities were able to fear off the vibe, feed off the vibration that these people were emitting. And I've had quite a few encounters where you're operating that different vibrational state 
than the people that are around you. And the multidimensionals or extraterrestrials, however you wish to perceive them, because they're often interchangeable, um, they've shown me things like that going on. I have had some very positive and very loving encounters where they've shown me other people and what's going on in their um, experience, which is quite nice, but I don't terribly wish to go into that aspect right now, if you don't mind. So it's kind of, I don't know, tedious. Absolutely, not a problem. How do we know which species are interdimensional and ones who are using the multiverse as their way of travel? Okay, if you want to know which ones are extraterrestrial versus which ones are multidimensional, there's a couple different ways to realize that. One, is there a spacecraft included? When it comes to the spacecraft, does it open up portal technology or does it just travel distance? When it comes to things such as the um, tall whites, tall whites are something that is on a very similar dimension to us. They literally travel distances to come from where their home world is to ours. I've only met a couple of them. The ones I've met have been interesting. They're very scientific. They're very to the point. They're very, not. I don't want to say cold, but they don't have the same emotional frequencies that we do. They're very logical and very to the point and kind of frustrating to deal with if you're an emotional person. But anyway, getting back to it, when it comes to the ones that are using more of the dimensional technology, if it is something that's able to appear slightly invisible or to hide out of the range of sight, such as your Pleiadians, Reptilians, most the Greys, most the Andromedans, most the Arcturians, things like that, those are actually interdimensional, not necessarily extraterrestrial. Now, if you look at the extraterrestrial component, yes, we do have some reptilians, some greys that are even some humanoid type beings like the Venetians that are operating in the same dimension as us. Those would be extraterrestrial. Part of the way you can tell it is they are on the same, you can see them as well as you can see you and me. They are having to use tools such as um, wands or different technology to switch dimensions. They don't have the same kind of psychic abilities as many of the others. Now, when it comes to the multidimensionals, not only can they appear invisible, but they can access you on the astral realm. They can give psychic commands. They can be not present and yet have communication with you, i.e. telepathy. They're able to do um, remote viewing as to what you're doing and tell you what's been going on. Or you can have that sense of being watched without actually feeling anything in the room with you. Things like that can be going on with these beings. Um, when it comes to the ones that are more extraterrestrial, if you're having encounters, they are physically in the room or physically in your proximity. Dave, the encounter you and I had was a physical encounter. I would say those beings are more extraterrestrial rather than multidimensional for the two that you and I saw. Versus when it comes to some of the other things, do you remember the little um, brown guy that I got you and Mrs. S.O.R. to put your hand into in the basement of your house when we lived yeah. in Vancouver? Yes, that was kind of weird. Yeah, it was. Um, that was more of a multidimensional. You could sense it. You could kind of see it. You could feel the difference between what was directly in front of you and where I got you to put your hand. And he was not very happy I got you to move your hand into his space and into his bubble, but that's okay. Do you remember how you could feel the difference between what was in one area versus what was in the other? Yeah, it was a very light type, very cold air. And when we did that, it was summertime. Mm -hmm. It was. My, my basement was warm. 
And yet, where he was in a spiritual form, Mm -hmm. I remember it being very cold right where that was happening. Well, of course, you're feeling a multidimensional energy in your area. Yet, when you're having a extraterrestrial in that area, you would physically see it. You could touch it as well as you could touch baby SOR or you could touch me or whoever that's in your proximity. So, really, there are some very distinct differences. We're not able to go in and out of phase as well as these beings because they have a stronger psychic connection, a stronger access to their psychic abilities, or the ability to change their vibrational frequency. We don't have that yet, or we don't remember. I'm not sure which. So those are a couple of the ways you can tell. Yes, Dave, the energy is going to you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. One of the things I remember in the experiences that we had at the farm Mm-hmm. is I remember a few weeks after the sighting that we had, you and I walking to the back field again. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of testing me out just to see what was going on. I'm not sure if you remember this or not. But you asked me point blank, Do, are you picking up something in the forest? And I said, yes. And you said, okay, is it safe to go back there or not? And I remember mm-hmm. saying, no, it, I feel there would be harm back there. It doesn't feel comfortable. And I remember you telling me that was good because you were picking up on something very negative that was in the forest at that time. And you didn't think, and, and you didn't think it would be good for us. When it comes to that feeling, I remember feeling it deep inside of me, maybe a soul connection or something along those lines, but explain to people kind of like what we talked about in the first hour of the show. Mm-hmm. how they can tell the difference if they're not used to having that type of experience. Because it was so obvious to me that that wasn't a place that I should go, even though I've already been there before. And it was much different from the time when you and I saw those extraterrestrials. Oh, of course, it was totally different. Okay, well, I'd like your listeners to take into account these things. Um, how many of you have gone for a job interview? And as you're, let's say, leaving your car and you're walking across the parking lot, you're walking up to the building and you have that sense of heaviness. You feel that anxiety, you feel the sense of, you know, I really don't want to go in here. I don't want to do this. This is going to be heavy. I'm not going to do well. Those kind of feelings of kind of like apprehension and their lower dimension, their lower vibrational feelings. They are in a lower dimension in a lot of ways. They're you, your higher self saying to you, this isn't right for you. It's not compatible with you. It doesn't align with you. You shouldn't be doing this. Or how many of you have ever gone somewhere, be it a friend's house or into a building like school or into a situation where it felt like it was just kind of off at first. And then as soon as you walk in the room or you start talking to a certain person, you're like, you know, I don't want to be here. This doesn't feel right to me. Something in it feels heavy, like you're stumbling over your words or you're feeling that sense of just um, kind of like fear or like you just keep looking around like, okay, where are my exits? Okay, who's around me? Okay, what's going on? Like you can't gain your bearings. Like you just don't feel right and you're agitated and you're angry and you feel like you're just uncertain. When you have things like that happening, it's an indication that it's not the right location for you, that there's something here that isn't right. Something's not aligning. 
And when you have that happening, trust what you get. Because your soul is the best indicator of what is right for you, what is going on, and is a better reader than your conscious mind will ever be. When we ignore intuition or we ignore what we're getting because we're like, you know what, we're being irrational or I'm just being stupid. I agreed to be here. I'm going to insult somebody if I leave or I'm going to make some upset if I don't stay and I don't speak to this person. We're being ridiculous. There's nothing wrong in saying, you know what, this isn't really working for me right now. I'm sorry, but I need to leave. Because when we're honoring that vibration, we're honoring that feeling, we're admitting that, you know, something here isn't resonating with us. Something here isn't quite right for us. We're admitting that something isn't aligned. As Dave, I'm sure you've had, you probably walked into an interview before going, I'm not going to get this job. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting their time. Haven't you? I think everybody's had that experience for sure. Totally. And looking back on the way you felt before you went into those experiences, even like a blind date or meeting someone for the first time, I'm sure you've all had that where you're just not quite resonating with that person. And when you look back on those experiences, you can see how you had that heaviness in you, that your stomach pulling tighter at your belly button or that feeling of heaviness or that feeling of tiredness. Those are all energetic clues that this isn't right. The same thing can be said with your extraterrestrial multidimensional experiences. If you're at home and you start feeling those things and you're alone, know that something isn't right. Something isn't quite aligned. Either try to do energetic protection around your house or leave the situation and go somewhere else. You need to really follow those clues that you're having. Even with your astral encounters, if you find yourself going to, (coughs) pardon me, going to bed tonight and you feel like, you know what? This this encounter, this dream doesn't feel right. I'm going to try flying or I'm going to go in a different direction. Trust it. If something feels scary or it doesn't feel right to you, walk away from it. There's no shame in doing that. I find with quite a few of my ET encounters, when I walk away, it often helps me lead something that's not resonating with my soul, especially with some of my, my lab encounters. When I've walked away, I prevented myself from having very negative experiences and I'm quite grateful I have. I think you should all try doing the same. we got about two and a half minutes before we're going to go to break here, so I just want to prep you for that. Mm-hmm. The energy that we felt that day when you and I had the sighting of the two beings where I only saw one. I know you mm-hmm. saw two. Mm-hmm. At what point... Do you think when you go through a traumatic experience as a human like that, and it was traumatic. It wasn't for me. Well, of course not for you. You've been doing this your entire life. It was new for me. Nobody prepped me for it. Well, you tried to, but it was a little too late. (laughs) Right? But when you're going through that type of trauma, what is the best healing sensation for a person who is a virgin to this type of contact? Mm, It depends on the person. Typically, when it comes to healing, you have to honor what feels right to you. For some people, right after you have a strong contact experience, it's talking to other people. Other people want to internalize it and process it first, be it taking a bath or just putting on a TV show to numb out while they process it in their mind. Other people feel the need to sleep or to do an activity to physically occupy their body while their mind subconsciously processes the event. Some people write write about it. Some people talk about it. It all depends on who you are. 
if I were to think about Mrs. S.O.R., Dave, sorry to bring her up, but um, her going through something, I would say she'd want to write about it and then she'd want to talk about it to process it. Versus when it comes to you, you want to talk about it. You want to get as many people's feelers out there as you possibly can to help gain as much clarity about the situation as possible. Versus me, when I have an ET experiences, experience, I write it down. And I don't typically want to talk about it right away. I want to figure it out and figure out my point of awareness and my perception about it before I talk to anyone. So really, it depends on the person and how they process that information. Some people will turn to healing modalities like Reiki or quantum touch or things of that nature. But other people will be like, I can't handle this. It's too much. I need a drink or I need a smoke or I need a whatever. And that's okay, too. It's all a matter of honoring your spirit. Well, you know what? On that end, we can take a break right now because mm-hmm. we're kind of close to it. And mm-hmm. we and we have one hour to go with Samantha Mowat right here on Spaced Out Radio. Samantha joins us the second Tuesday of every month. We call this section the ET Experience. It happens to be one of our highest rated shows that we do on Spaced Out Radio on a monthly basis. So I highly suggest you check it out, you share it, you download it on iTunes or TuneIn or whatever you want to download it on and check it out. Play it for your friends. Well, you're listening to Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott. We are going to be back right after this break. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passports. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Wachowski, lead investigator with U4COP. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Wachowski's Strange Days. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. 
Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. Have you checked out the SOR Spacewire at spacedoutradio.com yet? Every day we post the latest stories regarding the weird, strange, and completely unbelievable. From cryptid and UFO sightings to the conspiracy world, we tackle it all. Hi there, I'm Eric Markham, Space Out Radio's news director for the SOR Spacewire. And if you have a story, I want to hear it. Email me at news at spaceoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box. The iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you'd join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information... 
Look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you along for the ride. Tomorrow night, we get into astral travel and remote viewing and how it can help the paranormal. Eric Cooper and his team from Forest Moon Paranormal will be with us starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time to take on this hefty subject. You can listen in at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on Revolution Radio. Remember, the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener, Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Renegade Talk Radio is the place to listen to us when we are live in Las Vegas. Yes, we love being live in the nighttime of Sin City. And, of course, if you're listening in on the United Public Radio Network, live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world, apparently there's over 125,000 of you listening as we broadcast this, thank you so much for bringing our numbers up. We really appreciate you taking the time to tune us in. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the Space Out Radio chat room. Slubber DeGullion. Slubber DeGullion is your password. So make sure you use it wisely. Slubber DeGullion. I don't know what it means. I don't think any of us really do. I don't even think the Webster's Dictionary does. But it's your password for tonight as Bill sets it every single night right here on the Mighty SOR. If you want to follow us on social media, you can use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of us, you can follow me on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And, of course, our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for just 5 bucks a month. Samantha Mowat is our guest tonight. She comes on this show the second Tuesday of every month. Happy Valentine's Day, Samantha. Thank you, Dave. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. Did you get any treats? I did. I was pretty spoiled this Valentine's Day. You know... Mrs. S.O.R., she was away for the weekend, mm-hmm. and she was pretty sick. I didn't know if she was coming home today or not. Oh. She was down visiting visiting my parents and her mom, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I didn't get her anything. But I gave her an extra long hug, and she said that's what, all she needed. So I lucked out. That's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. I kind of like her. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she. I dig her. That's okay. Anyhow, she forgave me. Good. That's all, that, that's all that matters. Anyhow, I want to get to some more questions from our audience, and then in this hour, we are going to concentrate on pets and whether or not they 
have any connection to seeing extraterrestrials. Lulu Bell joined us late on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio, and she is wondering, Samantha, how many different species of extraterrestrials have you seen, number one? And number two, why do you think they chose you? I don't think it's a matter of they chose me, Lulu Bell, to be very honest. I think it's a matter of me just being willing to, one, develop my psychic abilities, which all humans are psychic. It's just a matter of being willing to increase my vibrational awareness. And two, the first, game back to the first question, I've seen, oh God, well over 20 or 30 offhand. It's been so many over the last several years that I can't even think of the number off the top of my head. One thing that I've noticed about many of the extraterrestrials and multidimensionals is that the more willing you are to not necessarily have judgment of them, the more that are willing to come forward. I've encountered some pretty interesting and very unexpected beings, being the small mushroom little ones who are only a couple feet tall at best, to the coneheads, which were mind-boggling. I was dumbfounded the first time I met a reptilian. I was completely out of sorts when I met a light being the first time, just seeing that smoky, interesting energy moving around and shifting the way it was just holding its energy in my, well, in my living room, it threw me off. When you're seeing things like this in your space and trying to make communication with you, because I'm trying to approach these beings without a sense of, oh my God, this couldn't be real, which is how most people would perceive it. They would just block it out and try to not communicate with it. I often say things like, not right now, if I'm not ready, or could you come back later? Or, okay, I could do this. Okay, what do you want? Which is a very common one for me to say to them. I find that it's not a typical response for a lot of people. I'm by no means unique in having ET and multidimensional experiences, but my approach to these beings is different than that of most people, and I think that's why a lot of them are willing to have reoccurring contact with me. Let's get to Tripp's question. He is asking, well, it's more of a comment and getting your opinion. He says, a few weeks ago, a fellow mm -hmm. Space Out Radio listener witnessed an owl watching them. Eyes glowed green. Since then, a few weeks after the owl, this happened in the same day. A cup of coffee was thrown when not in the room. A bloody nose. A phone fell off the kitchen table. They can't remember the last time having a bloody nose. Not sure if they did the old coin trick that I've taught people, but mm -hmm. coins weren't the same. Oh, maybe they did use the coins. Tried coins about a week before the coffee, nose, and nothing happened. So what is your opinion when you combine the bloody nose, things moving, almost like paranormal activity, coins moving? What do you think? Well, Trip, in my experience, when it comes to things like bloody noses, which I get still fairly frequently, which is really annoying when you wake up in the middle of the night and your nose is bleeding, you don't remember anything going on. You're like, okay, great. Well, there goes the next 20 minutes of my sleep schedule, but that's okay. Um, seeing things like extra, or not ETs, pardon me, owls staring at you can often be a sign that ETs are nearby. Sometimes they do look at you and say, owl, 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 using telepathy to make you perceive an owl when really there's an ET right outside your window or outside on 
at a tree staring at you, which is okay. It's funny you bring that up, Trip, because last night I had an astral encounter where I had two owls staring at me, and I later had an ET come forward. But um, when you're having a lot of things such as the paranormal activity going on, the nosebleeds, you're having the owls coming into your point of awareness or your perception, you are having ET contact going on, and that is your conscious and subconscious mind trying to not only rationalize it, but trying to place it in such a way that you're able to comprehend it and almost like um, perceive it and accept it. That is the degree in which you're able to understand it at this time. You're not willing to necessarily see the ETs in their full-blown form. And I get that. Hell, half the time I can't stand seeing them in their full-blown form. I don't like walking into my basement and seeing a full-blown ET when I'm not expecting them, if I haven't felt them beforehand or if I haven't felt them walk come into my house. Even with how much contact I've had, that can be too much for me at times. But it's interesting that um, Lulu brings up the fact about pets, which is what I believe Dave, you said that she wanted to talk about, or is it you want to talk about? I'm sorry. I, I, I do. I do. I do want to talk about pets. That's all me. It, sorry, but just trying to connect that in for a sec. Um, one thing I've noticed is that if I'm having a lot of ET contact going on, half the time my German Shepherd will come sleep right beside my bed. But other times it's quite odd because she'll leave partway through the night and go into the living room, which is on the opposite end of my house, and she'll stay there, which isn't like her. And sometimes when I wake up at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I know, okay, I'm probably about to have contact, or I'm just coming back from a contact experience because she's not right beside me, which is very odd for a dog like that. For those of you who have pets, you may find that if your dog or cat or whatever is very, very close to you, very connected, they will sense not only when many of these beings are coming around, but they'll sense when you're having these shifts in your energy. Um, it's It, it kind of helps to get an idea, and this may sound a little bit odd, but if you go back to a calendar and you start circling on the calendar what nights you have nosebleeds or what days you start having a lot of paranormal or odd activity, then you'll start to see a pattern emerge. And this actually helped me to get a better awareness of what is the average spacing between when I have a lot of contact and when I have a lot of paranormal stuff going on and how my animals react to it. So that may be something for you to consider to get a better awareness of what's going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Dave? Yes, yes. Oh. Sorry, it went quiet. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I, I want to get into pets here for a minute. Because, mm -hmm. well, actually more than a minute. Maybe two. The reason why I think it's important is we, we, we talk about owls. We talk about how they are considered to be messengers of the spirit world and even people have associated owls with extraterrestrial contact. We also know that pets cats, dogs especially, are very much in tune with the spiritual realm as well. Does that continue onto the extraterrestrial realm? Yes, many extraterrestrials do have a form of pet or one thing or another. I have noticed small puppy-like beings and small gerbil-like beings on many craft, and that's fine. Pardon me. I find there seems to be a correlation between um, how they perceive animals and how they interact with them and how we interact with them. 
In fact, most of the contactees I know have one form of pet or another, so there does seem to be an energetic bond or connection between extraterrestrials and humans and humans and animals and extraterrestrials and animals. I find that when the benevolent extraterrestrials are coming around, my German shepherd doesn't mind leaving me alone. She doesn't mind leaving my family and sleeping at the opposite end of the house. She's comfortable, but when there's a more negative or denser vibrational energetic force or something that's not necessarily aligned with our vibrations coming around our property, she tends to be very possessive, very close to everyone, very aware of what's moving in and out. You'll hear her barking more. I'll see her head whipping from one side to the other, looking around like, okay, well, where did that energy come from? Where did that go? I sent something. Where is it? In which case, it's a good reminder to me to put up energetic protection, to um, really try to raise the vibration of our home, things like that. So it's quite interesting how animals not only have that perception of what's going on energetically around us, but that sense of the interdimensional nature of reality. What's funny is um, one of the most psychically attuned animals I've ever noticed are cats, even more so than dogs. Now, as to why this is, I have no idea. But I do believe that's part of why the ancient Egyptians in particular had such a fondness for cats, is these beings tend to have such a strong awareness of what's operating on the plane that we're on, as well as the vibrational plane below us, and many of that above us. And have you ever noticed that when you're looking at a cat, how it often seems to be having its eyes move around the room like it's following something, but you can't see it, you can't feel it, but the cat seems like it's pretty adamantly watching it yes indeed i have had that happen so for those of you who have have cats in the next week or the next month if you don't mind really pay attention to your cat when you aren't necessarily sitting right beside it see what your cat's doing what is your cat looking at what is your cat sensing that you might not be sensing cats seem to be one of those animals with their strong degree of indifference towards us they also seem to have that degree of indifference towards many of the multi-dimensionals that come around Now, that said, when I was growing up on my mom's farm and I'd be out there in the middle of nowhere, like literally seven miles from town up a logging road on a 50-acre freaking farm, our nearest neighbor was an airport, I noticed the cats would not really tend to be aware of when many of the multidimensionals are around. They would just kind of do their own thing. I'd know some looking at things that I didn't quite see, but the dogs seemed to go a bit more crazy when there was stuff coming around. And then all of a sudden they go very, very quiet versus the cats just kind of go throughout their own day-to-day experience. They'd be like, oh, look, there's a being. Well, too bad. I'm going to lick my leg. You know what I mean? When you say take your dog, you have a German Shepherd, which is naturally a very protective species of dog. Yes. Uh, Do you notice mood swings? when different species run around like for instance is there a different type of mood your dog is in when say grays are coming comparatively to mantids or reptilians or humanoids um she doesn't mind the humanoids typically the ones that are more pleasant she doesn't mind at all when it comes to things like um what's interesting my my lab encounters she seems to go out cold which is something I haven't quite figured out why that is yet. But she doesn't seem to wake out of her sleep, which is very odd to me. And it doesn't seem to matter whether it's more of a 
um, a physical encounter where I remember being taken with my body or whether I'm remembering being taken astrally. She seems to be just out cold beside me, not aware of what's going on. Now, when it comes to some of the reptilians, it can be hit or miss as to whether she's okay with them. Some the more positive ones, she doesn't seem to mind, but some of the negative ones, she tends to sleep in the hallway near all bedrooms, being very protective and aware as to which direction something could go. But Mantis, she doesn't seem to mind overall. The Grays overall, she has not liked. As a whole, I'm sorry, she does not like them. And that's okay. Everything has a different point of awareness and point of connection towards different species. So that's what I've noticed. Um, when it comes to the Andromedans, like my little brown guy, she does not seem to mind him. When it comes to the um, white ones, like such as Danny, who's more of an Arcturian, or some of the more um, extraterrestrials that look very similar to what you and I saw in the, da- in the woods, Dave, that are more white, like what I've seen walking around when I'm doing my YouTube videos that are about 20 or 30 feet away from my camera, she stands very close to me and she tends to do like almost like a perimeter loop, like she's walking this way and that way, um, kind of like a either a square or a circle, like she's staying very, very close and staying near me in the camera and she doesn't typically like them coming too close. So it's quite interesting the way that she perceives them and which one she doesn't like coming near. So when it comes to color species, you can't necessarily have a strong, this is good, this is bad, but overall you're able to get a general idea. Well, this takes me back to when you and I had the encounter. When we were about to walk in, I remember you saying clearly that you weren't sure if the extraterrestrials would appear because they don't like dogs. Some don't, no. And yet when we walked into the forest, we had four dogs following us. And they were running around. They were kind of excited to be in the forest. And the more you and I continued on to the forest before the encounter happened, Mm -hmm. we got about halfway to where the encounter happened, and all four dogs disappeared. Mm -hmm. That, to this day, still trips me out. Do you think, then, that the dogs just sensed to go back into the property? Or do you think that they were told by the extraterrestrials, or maybe asked by the extraterrestrials, to leave us alone? I think they were certainly guided by the extraterrestrials that your attention should go this way, not that way. You want to go play over here. This is really appealing. Go play over on the neighbor's yard. Hey, look, there's a bunny. Hey, look, there's a cat. So, yeah, they can do stuff like that to make it more appealing to them rather than coming over towards the extraterrestrials. Many of the extraterrestrials, because they're not a familiar scent to many of the dogs, such as the four dogs that we saw, they would be more triggered by it. Dave, think about your two dogs and how they are when there's a new scent in the yard. They're barking they're growling they're protective i don't know how to react to this new energy this new smell i don't know if i like it near my people so that's how many animals are when they sense et presences coming into the home if they're in more of a physical let's say embodiment now when i say embodiment let's say an et opens up a portal in your home or they land a craft in your yard and they walk through your walls or they walk through the window or they walk through the door because we all know they're able to do all of that And they're coming into your home and they're coming up and collecting you. If your dog is in a more conscious state, in a normal state, and it smells the ETs coming into your home, it's going to be like, what? What is that? 
what what is this new mushroomy smell that I smell? Which a lot of the mushrooms smell, or not mushrooms, pardon me, a lot of the greys can have kind of like a musty, mushroomy kind of odor to them from what I've noticed. They may be like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this one that's taking my human and my human's not responding. And hey, look, why, why are you not letting me come with them? Why are you not um, responding to me? Why are you emitting this feeling of fear when you see me, funny looking being? So, of course, it's in the ET's best interest typically to put the dog in a more um, relaxed state or a sleep state. And now I'd say the same thing about cats, but typically cats don't tend to care as much. I'm sorry, but they don't. Of course not. Cats are just pissed off that it's Tuesday night at 11.22 p.m. Yeah, but I like cats. Hmm. My jury's still out. Some days I do, some days I don't. So if you were to go back and to that day when when all four dogs disappeared and and Mario was asking, where did the dogs go? They went, they, I think we think they went back into the farmyard because when, after the experience happened, when we started walking towards the farmyard, coincidentally, when we got to the area right where we noticed the dogs disappeared, that's when all four seemed to come back in from the farmyard into the forest. Yes. I'm very curious, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but did you ever ask them, whoever they were, mm-hmm. why they sent the dogs away? Mm, they had told me that they weren't comfortable as much with the dogs, that they were a little fearful of them. They had mentioned that when we were speaking telepathically, and they were a little bit afraid of you, which is fine. But that's completely normal with a lot of ETs. For things that they're not completely aware of as to how someone will react in a conscious state or how an animal will react in a conscious state, then yeah, I get them being afraid. Outside of that, no, I never thought to ask beyond that, because you know me, Dave, I'm pretty much always busy. Well, I'm, you- just, I'm just wondering how a, how a dog versus alien fight would look. I'm almost curious now. Oh God, I would not want to see that. I wouldn't want to see either one get hurt. That'd be horrible. I know. I wonder if it would be in an octagon or something like that. Maybe um, on maybe on the ice during a hockey game. You know, kind of kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. Speaking of that, when it comes to some of these beings, it depends on if each one had its full faculties. Many extraterrestrials and multidimensionals, because of the gravity that's here on Earth, due to the vibration of the planet Earth, they could be at a distinct disadvantage to many of the canine species because the canines are naturally more adept. They are very strong when it comes to being accustomed to the vibration of Earth, to the gravity, to how their body reacts here. Versus me, the multidimensionals and extraterrestrials don't come from the same degree of gravity. They don't have the same operation of their body in the state. They're in a distinct disadvantage with the environment, yet they have an advantage psychically. So it depends on the degree in which they're capable of using their psychic abilities. I wouldn't want to see it, and I never wish for anyone to see that. Sorry. So when when you have, or let's say you take a person who has had nothing but... Mm-hmm. malevolent extraterrestrial contact. And let's say they have a dog. Let's say they mm-hmm. have a pit bull, German Shepherd, Doberman, Rottweiler, whatever the big breed is. Okay. Do you think then the extraterrestrials 
would knock out the dog somehow? Yes. Easily. Does the dog know? Not necessarily. I mean, look at your dog right now. My dog's out cold. She's sleeping. True. We've got energy moving around throughout this room. She doesn't seem to be perceiving it. She's comfortably sleeping. It's easy enough to put anything to sleep. Think of how often with the contactees that you have listening right now, Dave. If they could just think for a moment, how often have you had missing time? How often have you been sitting on the couch and you're watching Netflix or you're laying in bed and you're reading a book or you're driving and all of a sudden you just zone right out? And you're like, where did the last 20 minutes go? What did I just watch? What was I just thinking? Heck, why did I walk into this room? I have no idea. That happens a lot. If They're able to make us forget things that easily. And as much as I love dogs, as much as I love cats, and yes, in one sense, they are more psychically aware than us, they're not necessarily as analytically capable. Do you really think they would notice? No, not necessarily. Even if they know that their job is to protect their owner or their master. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, even me, I've had some very odd encounters in the last year where I've had other people be like, hey, look, we just had this really weird encounter. I'm like, I don't remember it. And the dog was out cold. And they're like, well, we've had this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Not really thinking too much about it. But knowing that with the degree of stress I had last year and with how protective my dog is and how what I know about ETs and what they're capable of doing, yeah, they can make us not remember. Yeah, they can make it so our dog doesn't remember depending upon what's going on. But that's okay. Do the, How far along does your dog sense that an encounter is going to happen? So if, if you have an encounter at night, does your dog kind of let you know at all? Sometimes. I find that once in a while I'll wake up in the middle of the night and she'll be licking my hand or she'll be licking well, me, trying to get me to wake up or jump up on my bed being like, hey, look, I want to sleep by you. I feel the need to be right by you right now. And sometimes I'll just say like, hey, go to sleep. I'm tired. And I'll ignore her and try to get her to dismiss her intuitive feelings or what she's sensing. And then I'll have an encounter later that night. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And for the times that it's been negative, I think, oh, well, why didn't I just wake up and listen to her and allow for what she was trying to do to occur? But sometimes we don't think like that. I try not to dwell on negative encounters. And I realize many of your listeners have had very negative experiences, Dave. But I don't want for myself nor them to allow for those negative experiences to hold you back. Now, I'm not someone who just says absolutely everything is all fluffy rainbows and bunnies. I'm not, but I do try to take everything as, okay, well, what can I learn from this? How can it get better in this? What can I do to change this and make it better? And I'd like for your listeners to do the same. Has your dog ever been taken with you? To the best of my knowledge, no. Does that surprise you? I never really thought about it. In a sense, not really. She's pretty happy. She's pretty chill. And I wouldn't want to see her if I was taken by something. I wouldn't want to see her get hurt. And I wouldn't want to see her hurt something else. And if she woke up very conscious at some moment, she could very much so hurt something. She weighs as much as I do. And she's more teeth than I am. So 
that's okay. So has she ever scared anything away that is or that has dropped you off? Mm, not to the best of my knowledge, but I haven't had oodles of extremely negative stuff in the last year. I've had some negative things going on, but a lot of the things that are going on have been more astrally than physically. The things that have gone on physically that she has sensed, she has moved some things that were going to occur physically into more astral encounters. Now, when I say that, um, as those of you who have watched any of my YouTube videos know, I'm quite frequently out in the woods with just me and my dog hiking. God only knows where. We like going outside. We like going for very long walks. We like just being out in nature. And quite often when I'm about to do a video and she and I are just hanging out, we see things moving around. We see shadow beings. We see orbs moving around. We see partially fragmented um, beings moving in and out of phase, some that are partially invisible, some that you see fragments of heads or you see eyes moving or you see angelic beings, things like that are completely normal. And to me, it's not a big deal. It's at the point where I don't feel the need to even write those down in my diary or even record them because it just feels so everyday at this point. But when she sees things that I'm uncomfortable with and she's uncomfortable with, if we change locations two or three times and that thing's still with us, quite often she does end up growling. She does tend to just kind of stare at it and sit down going, "Mm -mm, I don't like this. I'm just going to face you negative being while my quote unquote mommy is doing this, which is okay to me. We're setting boundaries. So I tend to put up energetic vibrations and raise the energy as much as I can to push whatever negative thing it is away. And she tends to stay very close at that time. In which case, there has been a few times where I've had very negative encounters later that night. But I'll take a negative encounter on the astral plane over a physical one any day. Yes, Dave, what's up? I like it when you're that forward. It it intimidates me a little bit, I'm not going to lie. But when you are in the forest then and you are filming your videos, Mm -hmm. are you... Or do they, let me phrase it this way, do they, the extraterrestrials that may be around you following you at that point, respect mm-hmm. respect the domain that the dog is protecting around you? Mm-hmm. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Some of them can be very disrespectful and move very quickly between her and I. And I actually have one this summer that came between her and I and knocked over my camera off of its tripod. And even though the tri- the camera was screwed into its base and screwed into the tripod and locked in place, the camera still completely fell off, which I still don't know how they did that, and broke my camera and I had to wait a week. But they didn't delay me for long. It gave me a chance to meditate and figure things out more. So sometimes it could be a little disrespectful, in which case I have started calling in more Reminding myself to call in the very higher dimensional entities to try to assist with it. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. And it's all a learning experience. I don't find that one thing will work every time. I don't think that calling in just archangels or calling in just um, ascended masters or different religious figures helps. It depends on who you are and what vibration you're emitting and who the being that's in contact with you that's trying to prevent you and what could work well against them. So it really is a learning experience. Do you find that most contactees do have pets? Yes. Most contactees have plants and have pets. 
Why do you think that is then? Is that just a coincidental or is it a pattern? I think it's something to do with the living energy. Something around them feels that need to have a connection to something living and growing and experiencing. I think most contactees from my experience and my point of awareness have a harder time connecting to the majority of humanity and search for alternative or external sources to reach that level of connection. Question from Joe. Joe is asking, Samantha, can you sense alien auras around people on television? And if so, can you name names? Now, I'm going to preface that Samantha doesn't watch a lot of television. No. No, it kind of pisses me off. In fact, I kind of ruin a lot of movies with my husband. He gets kind of pissed off. I'm like, that person's going to die. Yeah, that's not going to work. Ooh, ooh, are they going to die yet? I can feel they're going to die. He's like, just be quiet. Please stop talking. But one thing I have noticed around a lot of movie people is a lot of them you can sense what's hosting them. The most common hosts I've seen around people are green reptilians, gray reptilians, and the grays. Now, one thing I did notice around a few of them is I do sense a very strong green reptilian around Barack Obama, which I don't like, but that's okay. Um, I'm sorry. I know, Dave, that you're a very big fan. I do sense some form of reptilian around Trump. I know you're not happy to hear that. I know you're a supporter. Hey, not all are good, not all are bad, and that's okay. But one thing that I have noticed is almost all the celebrities that you see on television, be it political celebrities, um, whether it's, how can I explain it? Movie celebrities, you name it, most of them are hosted. Which when you start seeing that, it feels like you're watching the movie, they live, and it's just really annoying. You're like, oh, just shut up already. I don't want to hear you. And for those of you who have not seen They Live, if you want to have a better idea about what anyone who's more psychically inclined views the world like or how I perceive reality, then I suggest you look up the movie They Live. It's for free on YouTube. You can find it. All right, let's get to another question here. Craig is one of our newer listeners, so hi, Craig. He is asking, Samantha, what have you experienced as negative in the astral plane? Oh, God, quite a bit. Let's see, I've had quite a lot of my lab encounters, which is where they typically take me psychically. Like, let's say, Craig, when you go to sleep tonight, and the moment you close your eyes, you're all of a sudden feeling a sense within your heart, within your gut, that you're being ripped out of your body, out of your clothes, out of your bed, and pulled to a location very, very quickly. That is when you're being astrally pulled or astrally attacked and taken somewhere. That's not a pleasant feeling. There is no way that you could mistake in that for sleeping because the second that it occurs, it's such a strong look, strong sensation that there's no mistaking it. Uh, quite a few of the things that I've had that are negative is I've had a reptilian sexually assault me when I was in Hawaii. He was not happy that I was there. He was saying, stupid Pleiadian, you have no right to be here. When you have things like that going on and you wake up the next day and your root chakra is bleeding and your vagina, sorry, or penis in your case, is sore and you're completely uncomfortable walking because you can feel not only the physical damage, but you can see the energetic damage from something 
something hurting you on an astral level and how it manifests in your physical body as well. Things like that can happen. I've had some very negative encounters with mantis where I've seen some of them taking my fetuses, which isn't very pleasant, where I've been pregnant before, um, be it several days in or a few weeks in. And then all of a sudden, I notice that I'll have a strong encounter and they'll take my fetus. Sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's not. If it's beings that I know and I have contracts with, I'm okay with that. I understand why they'd be taking my babies. I'm all right with those ones. But when they're taking an energy out of my uterus and they're pulling it out and I don't know where it's going and they're taking it and they're being misleading towards me and then the next day I have an incredibly harsh period for about 10 days, then I know, okay, I'm not okay with stuff like that. Some things that I've had that kind of throw me off is when I'm taken and I'm being chased by negative entities, be it some negative greys or some negative mantis. Like I've had a couple of very negative encounters with black mantises. Those weren't pleasant. A couple of the green mantises weren't pleasant to me in the sense that I find they're often associated when I've had encounters with other women where they're doing fertility checks and they're checking to see, okay, what are your eggs like? Okay, what is your fertility like at this time? Why are you not getting pregnant? Things like that aren't pleasant, Craig, when you have that going on. I've had a lot of very positive encounters. But when you start having some of these negative ones, like being pulled into deep underground bases and you have different beings um, changing their vibrational frequency to make it so that you're perceiving perceiving this being as human, when you could sense it's not human and you tell it, I know you're not human, yet they're being disrespectful enough to maintain that facade, it's very frustrating So those are a couple examples of negative things that have had happen and trying to come to grips with a lot of that in the last several years in particular and maintain a sense of normality and go about my day-to-day life can be a little challenging at times, but luckily I've got people like Dave to talk to, so it does make it a bit easier. Yes, everybody has a little bit of Dave to talk to in their lives. That's all right. That's all right. Dave shares with everybody. So that's okay. When you are having contact. Yes. I know you can't control when it's going to happen. But then there's people like me, and I'll throw this on on here, okay? Sure. Where it just stops. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and when I say it stops is, I'm one of the fortunate ones, Samantha, where... I've had a lot of experiences and sightings and contact while I've been awake. Mm-hmm. Not, none of this nighttime boring stuff that, ooh, let's play secret. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pretend it's a dream. It's all an illusion. I'm not into that. Try 50-50. It sucks. I, well, I, I, I understand that. Exactly. You know, I un, I very much understand that. But when it comes to... Let's say the alien at the window, the extraterrestrials that we saw, okay? Actual awakened encounters, not spiritually awakened people, but actual your eyes are awake, it's middle of the day or middle of the evening, and you get that encounter. Why do they just stop? Mm, That depends on a couple different things. Dave, how are you handling it? Well, I'm pissed when off. At- I, I'm pissed off. I wanted to. I wanted. I wanted. Uh, I wanted to have it happen again. Okay, Dave. But think about what's going on here. You even just stated a moment ago, you've been one of the fortunate ones to only have 
the awake encounters, and then you dismiss everything you have on the astral plane, which is completely easier for many of these beings to interact with you because it's easier to interact with your soul when it's here, when it's on a different dimension, when it's able to move more freely than these beings, these multidimensionals and extraterrestrials physically coming down into your house in northern British Columbia and possibly being detected. Do you not agree? Yes, I would agree with that. I agree that they got to be careful, pick their spots, you know, because a lot can happen. There's a lot of people on this planet and even other extraterrestrial species looking for them and those who they are making that type of contact with. Mm -hmm. But they've been pretty forthright so far. Why just end? I don't get it. Don't you feel as though you've had a lot of the contact to push you in the direction that they're hoping to have you go to help awaken more people? And that they've been doing things periodically, be it the different multidimensional things, whether it's what you saw this summer with your son, or whether it's the encounter you and I shared, or what you had last winter or fall where you two were cutting firewood. Do you not agree that they're doing things periodically to help you wake you up on multi multiple levels? Well, I understand that. You know, I just, on a personal level, feel very out of tune. Because mm-hmm. it's not happening as much as it used to. Yeah, but you also have to maintain a stronger degree of normality than I do. I mean, hell, I could go about my day tomorrow and be like, hey, I just had the coolest encounter with these beings. And people are like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever. They're not going to look twice at me. But if you go to work tomorrow, they're like, Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Dave. By the way, I just met an awesome Arcturian last night, and he took me to Saturn. And by the way, how about you come do this for me and spend your money here? And they'll be like, mm, I think I might go take my money that way. So if you have too much going on, would you not agree that your energy gets more invested in your ET stuff, your encounters, than what you're doing in your day-to-day life? I think what I would like is consistency. Okay, I completely understand that. But Dave, Dave told you over and over, you need to meditate. You need to raise your vibration. How much has your vibration changed or elevated in the last two years? Well, I just put new batteries in. No, that's bad. That's cool. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's cool. No, but you know what I mean, Dave. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They're harassing me. To meditate. Like, I went to a meditation group two weeks ago, and what happened 10 minutes into our meditation group? We have this reptilian walking through the wall, and I sense it, and the girl that's leading the meditation group sense it, and we both open our eyes and stare at this corner, and she's like, mm-mm, unless you're here to help contribute and help bring in love and raise the vibration, you can leave now. Uh-huh, you want a hug? Go away. And this being's like, I don't want to hug you people. And it was so annoyed that it left. So it's nice when you're raising your vibration and you're trying to connect and you're having that energetic, um, almost like connection to earth and to God consciousness, creator consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Because these are all ways that you're increasing your vibration. You're able to perceive more. Even that two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes of meditation a day, whether it's in the shower, as you drive, whatever, it raises your vibration I'm not saying this to being an annoying, broken record, but just that little bit of vibration rising increases the amount of bandwidth that you are able to perceive on an energetic level. You are able to perceive more. You can see more, sense more, interact with more types of beings 
Because if you go from more than that little 10% that you're currently operating at to 11 to 12 to 20, Dave, think of how many more beings you operated and connected with when we lived in Vancouver. Do you not agree you had a wider bandwidth then than you do now? Back then, yes. Back then, absolutely. I don't so, think it's I don't think it's there now, uh, mainly because I'm working 16 hours a day and don't have enough time to put into it. So I can understand that. I guess my whole thing, Samantha, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out here who feels like this. I don't want to look back, say, 20, 30 years down the road and think about that UFO that landed in front of me and think, why didn't I walk up to it? Or those extraterrestrials Mm -hmm. that we saw, why didn't I walk up to them? And I realized the moment then, but hindsight being 2020 and knowing now what I know compared to back then, I would I would do anything to have that exact same type of contact happen. It's like it's like this yearning burning feeling that I have that you know it's a bucket list item now. It's a bucket list item that I actually want this to happen again, of course, benevolence, not malevolence, mm-hmm. because I believe my contact has been benevolent in mm-hmm. those two occasions. And I will be pissed right off if I don't get that opportunity again. It's going to feel like there's something missing. Well, of course, and I completely understand that. But let's just go camping again, way the heck out in the woods, and we'll be good and get to see something. It'll be fun. Don't stress about it. Don't place barriers around it. Don't decrease the amount of energetic flow going into your experiences. Why are you allowing for the universe to create that possibility of you only having those few experiences? Don't allow that. Destroy that. Uncreate that. Why are you allowing that? Because it's the journalist in me. Yeah, well, don't allow that. That's the old you. This is the new you. I know, and I'm much more handsome now. I'm not going to lie. I I made eye contact with myself in the mirror today, so I just realized that. But the whole point is, Mm -hmm. you know... I think as a journalist, if I put my journalism hat on take and, you know, put my experiencer's hat to the side, there is that, lack of a better term, skepticism that comes along with the idea that this may not happen again. Okay? Okay. No, no, no. I'll give you a human, I'll give you a human example, you know? It's the same thing when I was 20 years old. I was a, I was in the United States at a Hooters restaurant because it's nice. all about owls. Chicken you know, wings. And chicken wings. Very good chicken wings. And four of us tipped the waitress. And mm-hmm. we, get, we gave her a Canadian-sized tip, you know, which for a lot of people up there, us Canadians, for the most part, we tip very generously. Well, it's apparently more tip than she has ever got before. And she invited oh, wow. us out. She invited right. she invited us out. But because two of us were only 20 and they were going to a club, mm. we kind of panicked and didn't go. Now that Why? is, well, because we didn't have proper ID and we were overthinking things. Mm. And so... Okay. I don't want this to be another Hooters moment where I miss out on it and know that opportunity is long gone and never going to happen again. Yeah, but 
Dave, you've learned from that opportunity. You've learned how by choosing to think with just your logical mind rather than your intuitive mind and rather than following the energy. Think of the energy that was around that woman. You guys gave her positive energy and she lent, she brought you into a new direction. You were supposed to follow that energy and allow for it to go forward and see where it goes. Do you remember how when you and I had that experience, how I started to walk forward and you're like, yeah, no, let's not go? Yes. And how I want us to go over? Looking yes. back on it, now that you know everything you know, don't you wish you had followed that energy and seen where it went? No, because that felt, that one scared me. Okay. I, I knew that one was wrong. Yeah, well, that one was wrong for you. It wasn't wrong for me. The energy was stopping you. It was giving you the break. But for me, the energy felt light. It felt like something I could follow. It felt like something I could move forward with. And that's how you need to understand your life and how to follow your life. If you and your um, listeners want to truly understand what I mean when I say follow the energy and follow the energetic resonance and connect with these beings, one of the best things you can either do is either watch the Celestine Prophecy or read the Celestine Prophecy. If you can get your hands on a copy of it, they should be in a lot of thrift stores. It's a way of teaching you how to follow energy, how to recognize the energetic clues that the universe is giving you. One thing that I've noticed around many of the multidimensionals and extraterrestrials is they follow energy. They tend to leave us a lot of energetic clues as to what's going on. Some people look at the fact that I have a blue butterfly as my symbol and they're like, oh God, um, MKUltra programming. I'm like, no, no, butterfly, communication, transformation, humanity transforming from being in a very stuck, slow pace to being stagnant like we are now to evolving to something beautiful and moving forward in growth. That is how they've explained it to me. They've explained how one image can hold multiple meanings depending on your point of awareness, depending upon how you perceive things. So really looking at how energy works and learning how to follow the energy that's right for you is something most people need to learn how to do. And if they want to have contact and they want to understand their contact, if they're having bad contact, they want to stop it, learning how to follow that energy to move away from the bad contact is just as important as learning how to facilitate positive contact or how to follow going for the right job or how to follow um, when it's right to move or which people to have in your life versus which people to drop. It's quite amazing when you start to follow energy, seeing what it is you're meant to be following and what is light and what is true and what is incredible for you versus what is heavy and what is wrong and what doesn't necessarily vibrate and resonate with where you're supposed to go and what it is you should be doing yes dave what's up my mic was off how did you know i don't know oh, you trip me out sometimes eric oh. wa eric wants to know a couple of things he says okay i keep hearing you say samantha raise your vibration through meditation how do we yes. do this Ooh, meditating so fun. Okay, Eric, let's say that in 10 minutes when this is all said and done and you're off the computer and this is all over, you can do a couple things. Get comfortable. Either sit in the chair that you're sitting or go somewhere where you're going to be completely comfortable. One thing I find really helps is if you're meditating, put your feet on the floor. Feel your carpet. Feel your hardwood. Feel the way that feels beneath you. Get your back very comfortable. If any of your clothing feels like it's tight or restrictive, well, loosen it. Get comfortable. You want to actually relax your body and allow your mind to kind of calm down. 
Some people find meditative music or spa music helps. Some people actually find that hard rock or country helps them. It depends on what music resonates for you. Some people don't even like music when they meditate. I find that if I'm meditating, I like either spa music or no music. Now, what you're going to do is when you get your body comfortable, you take a couple of really deep breaths. You feel your energy kind of calm down. As you're taking these breaths, you're actually pulling in the energy around you and you're taking all that chaotic and swirling and frustrating energy and you're actually releasing it. Whether you're conscious of the fact you're doing it or not, you're changing the way your heart is beating. You're changing the way your blood pressure is moving. You're changing the way your body digests your food. It's all returning to a normal vibrational state that is actually more compatible. Um, scientific studies, sorry to go off on one second, on tangent for a second, but scientific studies have proven that people digest food better after they've meditated. They sleep better after they meditate. Um, they are happier. Their cortisol levels have decreased. Their blood sugar levels tend to stabilize better. Um, the hormones in their body tend to actually become more stabilized and tend to be at a more healthy rate. So there are a lot of benefits to meditating. Now, you could benefit... Um, you could try meditating for five minutes if you're not someone who's used to doing it. I don't recommend trying to go for a half hour or an hour for your first time if you're not used to it. And what you could do is you can just kind of focus in on your breathing and feel the way it feels as you're breathing in and out. If you have any thoughts come to your mind, just as you breathe in, feel that thought. And as you breathe out, release it. Allow for yourself to just kind of declutter your mind and allow for that to shift away from you. And the reason why it's important to calm your mind is when you're doing this, the calmer your mind, the clearer you can hear. Our mind is in one sense our worst enemy because our mind has so much chatter and it's often not our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and energy. Eric, everyone's an empath. You walk around, you pick up on other people's thoughts, their energy, and how they perceive things. So when you meditate, you kind of release all that. So you return back to that childlike or... Um, very innocent and pure state. So I know I talk about vibration a lot, but from what the ETs have explained to me, even people like Nikola Tesla and Einstein have explained, everything is energy. You want the keys to the universe. You want to understand how it works. Understand the numbers three, six, and nine, and know that everything is energy and frequency. If you want to know energy and you want to connect with these beings, you want to understand how you can stop communication or start communication with them, Learn to understand your own energy and the energies around you. So, Eric, getting back to vibrating, or not vibrating, part of me, vibrating is a big part of it, meditating. If you don't find that you're someone who can meditate on your own, go onto YouTube, try a guided meditation. Even just a short 5 or 10 or 15 minute one can help you to connect. Dave, we've got four minutes. Why are you feeling tense? What's up? I'm not. You feel funny. What's going on? I'm just getting ready to say my goodbyes to everyone. This is what I do it every time. Oh, okay. Um, one thing I can recommend very, very quickly to those of you who don't meditate, if you can spend that 10 minutes just every day, if you just do one guided meditation once and you learn how to get yourself in that state, don't meditate when you drive. Not a good idea if you don't know how, and I don't really recommend it for most people. But if you can just learn how to meditate in the shower um, before you're going to bed or first in the morning, it'll help shift the way you're feeling for the entire day. You'll sleep better, you'll eat better, you'll be happier. 
try it, it changes everything. The amount of information you get, the clarity you receive, how happy you feel, the beings that come in, it really does. I had to, my guides told me, look, we've allowed for you to lower your vibration to such a state that we're not happy. We need for you to rise your vibration again. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? They're like, no more much watching videos on YouTube. I'm like, no, I like YouTube. They're like, I've had that happen. I know, right? I and know. They're like, <laughs> anyways, they're like, when you're stressed, you're not allowed to have a glass of wine. I'm like, oh, I like having my glass of wine. They're like, no more coffee. I'm like, I like coffee. You're taking me everything that's relaxing. The bastards. I know, right? Anyways. Sa- Sam, yes. i got to wrap this thing up. Of course. Good night, you- guys. It's lovely talking to you. SamanthaMoat.ca is her website. Samantha Moat comes on the second Tuesday of every month with the ET experience. We gotta love her. She's one of the best out there. Still a hidden gem in this field. Not for long. That's all I'm going to say. Big things coming for her. And it started right here at Spaced Out Radio, just like the crypto guru. Tomorrow night. We are getting into astral travel, remote viewing, Forest Moon Paranormal with Eric Cooper and his team. We get into how it affects the paranormal starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at the mighty spacedoutradio.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember, you can check out this show by going to our archive, Spaced Out Radio Show on YouTube. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And, of course, do me a favor. Everyone, spread the word. We're at over 125,000 people strong listening in on a daily basis. We want more. Let's make this bigger, better. It all helps with you guys spreading the social media, spreading the word. Keep it up the great work. Thank you so much for being with us. I will talk to you in exactly 21 hours from now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joe, watch those foxes. They're all over the place. They are little shysters. Be careful of those. Have a good one, everyone. Good night.